Someone's crisis counseling. My name is Laura. How can I help oh, you? Laura, I do have a crisis. I've killed someone, Laura. Are you listening to me? Huh? Who is this? Just one question. Do you think it's over, Sydney? Do you? taking credit for Maureen Prescott's murder. But we know who killed Maureen Prescott. Billy Lewis and Stu Marker. I mean, they even told Sydney how they did it. Maybe there is a third killer. Guys, this was about cotton. We are not in any danger. We are not in any danger, says Candy, page 15. Who the fuck is this? Somebody who killed to know where Sydney Prescott is. What do you know about trilogies? Well, I know about movie trilogies. All bets are off. Do you want to have this conversation with a polygraph? Is that a threat, detective? It's a threat. You'll know it. Was that a threat? Here's how I see it. I've got no house, no bodyguard, no movie, and I'm being stalked. Because someone wants to kill me? No, because someone wants to kill you. So now, starting now, I go where you go. That way, if someone wants to kill me, I'll be with you. And since they really want to kill you, they won't kill me. They'll kill you. Make sense? None. You are dealing with the concluding tractor of a trilogy. One, you got a killer who's going to be superhuman. Number two, anyone including the main character can die. This means you, Sid. Hello? Hello? Gail, Dewey, whoever, um, call me back. I can only hear myself. I only hear you too, Sydney. I am not dreaming. I am not crazy. He was there in Woodsboro. It's not Woodsboro, Sid. Step three is back in production. You gotta be praying this movie keeps going.
What a cut to the chase. The podcast, that is. I know I want a cut to the chase as soon as possible. And what do you know? Here it comes. Because what comes through your thoughts controls your life. Uh, so I'll just ask a question. A lonely, simple question. I'll just ask one question. Four point, four point, four point, four point, four point five. Four point, four point, four point, four point, four point five. Four point, four point, four point. movie is for everybody as well it's reflective of that a lot of people yes um and you know um i'm lacy lou (laughs) (laughs) i'm dan chase i'm scott step apparently that that was really good i I, i'm impressed with your singing wow um we do have a special guest and i just have one question um who's calling um who's calling uh dan lacy i'm sorry i can only hear myself Yes. <laughs> it's me, Christian Craig, back in action. Yes. Yes, you little 4.5er. Back again. <laughs> you little negative two. Now, Christian, now that you have had some time to think about the uh, errors of your ways, um, do you have a different errors. screen too? Hmm. Instead of a different rating, I'm keeping with my rating, but I kind of made a better I don't know, explanation of how my scale works to go along with it. <laughs> and I think we'll go, we'll probably figure that out at screen four when we cover that because um, you made it a point to say which one you prefer over Ooh, the other. Yeah. Right? Yes. I, after this last viewing, it's been finalized. <laughs> awesome. Um, actually, we just finished watching screen four again. We watched it while we ate dinner tonight. Yeah. So um, we will get into that episode later, obviously. So right now we are here to talk about the masterpiece of the franchise, the black sheep of the franchise. Wop, wop, wow. What if this was a better movie? I don't know. Hey, uh, Silent Bob, it's Bobby <laughs> Young. It's that news chip, Connie fucking shot. Get it right. It's his film class, right? Wow. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, so this movie came out in the year 2000. In the year 2000. Guys, I was alive. You were alive. Yeah. I was alive. Greg. I was three months old when this movie came Welcome out. Welcome to this world. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and what a year to be entered into with Scream 3. <laughs> yes. Um, 
a lot of things happened um, in the year 2000. I mean, we had Y2K, like coming into the new year. Right. Right. And then um, obviously like Columbine happened. Did that happen in 99 or did that happen in 2000? Right around there. Um, that was in 90, because obviously I think we're going to talk about the fact that it affected part of this movie. And I right. think, uh-huh. I want to say it was 98. So then by the time they were in production for Scream 3, they kept that in mind when they were shooting. Okay. okay. Can I tell you guys a story? No. All right, so on New Year's, <laughs> it was 1999. They were fucking dropping the ball on fucking MTV with Carson Daly and Limp Biscuit, right? So I'm partying with my cousin and, and our friend Nicole. We're all fucking 10, 9. The ball drops, hits one. I fucking pass out, fall into a glass table. And the best part about all of this is, is it's fucking recorded was it like a jill roberts fall into the table pretty much okay. <laughs> no i did not you should have waited to tell that story. i did not mean to yeah <laughs> already broke your rule again ah it happened but it was it was going into the year uh 2000 so i found it relevant very much to this movie and the story well i was just relating it to the story oh so i don't think i broke my rule okay i would i wouldn't dare break your underwear rule we know you know i used to think he said something else uh when he said that i didn't know he was saying rule i think he i thought he said roll like they're role playing oh right like so Mm -hmm. when i was a kid your underwear roll like because he kind of like it kind of just like rolls off his tongue wow weird yeah no Mm -hmm. that was always a thing like i never knew what he said until like i had the scream script right uh, which i have all the cast members that i meet sign yeah yeah, yeah. with my favorite quotes that they've said throughout the franchise which is fantastic yeah and uh you got some cool shit yeah, I'm I not do. gonna lie. You I, I love my collection. Shit. I really do. It's do you, do you collect Scream stuff, Christian? If I was able to afford it, <laughs> but as you know, I talk about student teaching. I don't get paid anything, so I'm kind of <laughs> just <laughs> stuck. What, what Scream or slash Ghostface merch do you have, if any? I have two sets of costumes, except oh. I only know where one is. I still don't know where the other one is. I think it and disappeared, or someone took it. <laughs> well what's funny is that growing up i didn't play tag with my brother i played scream with my brother so one of us yes. would be in the costume the other one would okay. pretend to be on the phone yeah, then you get chased around that's dope i wish I. it's so funny is if i pretend to be stabbed like in the shoulder i'm like no that doesn't count i want to be dead yet let's keep running <laughs> kind of a thing i want so, that was kind of childhood like movie. gail no yeah. we're not talking that movie yet sorry we just watched it so i think that's probably why yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. yeah um, um but yeah, I on on the movies still. Uh, I'm hoping to go to the convention in Cincinnati if it still happens, since I'm here in Ohio, where I know Nev Campbell, Matthew Lillard, um, I think Ski Ulrich, and a couple others are expected to be there. Ah. So I'm hoping that I could be there in March and see them. Yeah. And hopefully, yeah. collect some good stuff while I'm at it. Yeah, um, I was supposed to meet um, David Arquette and. Um, uh, for some reason, I wasn't able to go to the convention, but the convention that I was supposed to go to, um, Patricia, or not Patricia, um, Alexis Arquette actually right. passed away while he was oh, at that Oh, right, that's right, I remember oh. that. And that was yep. the convention I was supposed to be at. I remember and that. so, like, he had to cut his appearance mm-hmm. short, which is so sad. Yeah. And um, obviously, like, their Arquettes are, like, kind of big into horror, and you got to appreciate them. I mean, Patricia did, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, Mm-hmm. um you know uh lewis arquette was in part um 
too, as he the, was. Was he the, the sheriff? Chief. The chief. What is the difference between a chief and a sheriff? No idea. Yep, no clue. <laughs> say, teacher, teacher, teach me something. This is <laughs> school hours are over. Let me be dumb. Leave those kids alone. Um, you're just another brick in the wall. Wow. Okay. Um, did you like that? I did. Or school's out for summer. Um, you're welcome, America. All right, those are all my school <laughs> song references that I are had. We done? Yeah, we're done here. All right. So as I was saying, uh, Y2K was a big year. Um, but it wasn't the greatest year for horror, as we know, because obviously uh, cinema and violence, that's why Scream 2 was ahead of its time, talking about cinema and violence. And this movie plays a major factor into that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we'll get into that um, as we go on. But um, what was your first viewing of this film, Dan Chase? All right. Um, so obviously I saw it in the theaters. Um, I was just as excited, except a little less, uh, because I had seen the trailers and I gotta be honest with you, from, from the motherfucking jump, it just doesn't feel like a screen movie. It does and it doesn't. Um, when I first saw the trailers, I don't know, there was just something off about the fact that they take it out of Woodsboro and it's very Hollywood. Well, Scream 2 wasn't in Woodsboro. Right. It doesn't matter, though. It doesn't matter. It was at Windsor College. That was in North Carolina, I believe. 100%. No, it's supposed to be Ohio. Oh, so it that's Ohio? why I made Ohio reference last time. Ah! Why do I think North Carolina? Oh, because that's where they filmed. The there you go. One. That's where yeah. the yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I guess um, it was just the whole Hollywood aspect of it in the trailers that I was just like, all right. It seems like Scream was getting a little too big at that point. And that that was kind of a weird feeling for me because loving this movie and becoming so attached to it, like I said in, in the other episodes, obviously, um, now everyone seemed to be a Scream fan. Everybody was on board because it did. It revitalized the genre and all eyes were on the slasher genre now. And everybody was looking towards not only all the replicas and all the other sequels that that this franchise has spawned, but obviously the third installment, uh, Scream 3 as well. Right. So I was excited, um, slightly apprehensive, but look, I'm, I was still super excited. How old like, were you? Uh, so what? So in 2000, I would have been a freshman in high school. Okay, so you're like yeah. 14, 15 when this came out. Yeah, oh, yeah. you would have been 15. Yeah. Because your birthday's in February and this one came out in... I don't know. February, I believe. Did it? Was it February or That's March? weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Th- it always came I out. I looked it up. It says February 4th. Right oh, on. so you would have been 14 about right age from 15. Right on. Yeah, and I, I do remember... I remember thinking, well, this is obviously different um but over the years to my thoughts on um screen three and and just the connectivity to the other ones it's definitely changed but at the time it was very jarring and um i didn't love it i thought that i i felt like people were kind of making fun of it in a sense and and you know all the scary movies had started and all the spook yeah. movies and I did. I didn't like that feeling. I remember when it came out. I remember feeling like, "What am I a fucking joke to you?" <laughs> and that—that's just the overall vibe that I had. Um, again, I—I I can't wait to get into my feelings because it'll run concurrent with 
obviously things that we talk about in the movie and where I'm at today with it. But that was where I'm at. That that was where I was at then. And I stayed there for a long time. I was very, very, very bitter on this movie for a very long time. Yeah, um, for me, I was 12. Um, I had just turned 12. Um, I didn't see it opening night. I seen it. So it opened on Friday night. I seen it on Sunday. And um, for those of you out there that are old, like Dan and I, there was a thing called like AIM. Yeah. And then, like it was the AOL. Did, were you ever part of AIM, Christian or? Are we no okay? <laughs> he fucking um, left. Did you hear what he said? No, yeah. it was an undercurrent um, of a yeah, laugh. Yeah, it's basically like a chat platform. Like, um, how do you explain that? It, it was instant messenger. It was instant messenger. So it's basically like our uh, Facebook messenger. AOL kind of. instant messenger. Yeah, yeah but um, but yep. you would have like multiple chats up at once, and like somebody would see that you're online, and they would message you or whatever, right? And obviously this is full spoilers. This movie's been out for over 20 fucking years. So like, I I can't tell my story of how I seen this movie without it being ruined um, or spoiling the movie. So um, I was super excited. Like I was making my scream scrapbooks. Yes. I made scream scrapbooks. Oh, I know. Um, I I love that. I still have them upstairs. Have I ever showed you them? Dude, no, I haven't seen that, but I've seen your scrapbooks and just your creative artistic. Oh, they like, were good. What? No, they're fucking fantastic. I love them. I think you're fucking amazing. And I love the fact that you make a scream scrapbook. <laughs> well, and all right. So I, I went to, all right. So my dad's ex-girlfriend, um, she was always very kind to us. And she wanted to, she knew, like, they weren't together anymore, but she still, like, wanted to be, like, a part of our lives. For That's nice. My dad's ex-girlfriend, and she was, like, friends with my mom. Yeah, but you're an and awesome she person. she lived, so. like, two and a half hours away, and she was like, I would really like to be the one to take Lacey to go see this movie. Oh, wow. So, yeah. No and shit. so she took me and Nikki. That's awesome. My sister, yeah. yeah. And um, she made me, uh, she made me one of the scrapbooks as well. Yeah? Yeah, because she knew I did that. So she printed out, like, the entire script of the movie and uh put it into like a binder and like put pictures on it oh, wow. and, yeah it was super sweet and you know what? i might message her about that that's great I'll, I'll take photos about of these and i'll put them in the yeah uh, group the, chat on, do that uh, cut to the chase hell yeah that's but cool. um so i didn't get to see it opening night and i had gotten to a fight with like one of my really good friends she's supposed to be like one of my best friends right and um like i'm just sitting home on like saturday night because i'm not going till sunday right to go see it and i'm just like chatting with other friends on aim the aol chat instant messenger platform and um all of a sudden i get a message pop up and it said the skiller the the skiller i don't know why i said that (laughs) Uh, the killer in screen three is sydney's brother and i was like what the fuck are you talking about? City doesn't have a brother. She's an only child. And like, I like, like flipped out and like, we like went back and forth and all right, this bitch didn't even like, she lied and said she had went and seen the movie. Uh-huh. Said she went and seen the fucking movie. I'm still friends with her to this day. Like she was in my wedding and shit, but like, <laughs> uh, her name's Ooh. Sarah, uh, but uh, no, like. That's a- yeah. Like, oh, I- really? Yeah. Yeah, so like I don't know what no, not it's a different thing. Oh, okay. Um, but uh we were like best friends in like fourth grade, but she was like really mad at me for something and I can't remember what. So she lied and said that she went because she knew I wasn't seeing it till 
Sunday. Like, it's a big thing for me to, like, go see these movies, you know? Clearly. Um, like, Scream 2, like, had such an impact in Scream 1, obviously, because of that. Um, but my theater experience for Scream 2 is, like, next to none. So um, she knew that I was, like, pretty devastated that I wasn't seeing an opening night. Right. So this bitch lied and said she went with, like, all of our other friends to go see the movie. She did not actually end up going to see the movie. She looked up the spoilers online. Yeah. And felt like being an uber cunt and spoiling the movie. She didn't know who it was that was the brother, but she just knew that it was her brother. And I was just like, no way, no way, you know? And like, I didn't believe it, but then when it got revealed, I was like, but then like, as the plot's like going on and right. like, clearly like it's something to do with Marine and like, I'm 12 and I'm perceptive. I was pretty fucking pissed. I would have been. Like, who does that to somebody? Like, this is like my Star Wars. You don't. So, right. so like, already. No, no, I'll say it right now. Fuck Star Wars. This is Scream, baby. Yeah. But I mean, like. I said this it. This is like my livelihood. I mean, I don't like get excited for much in life. And so already just having that spoiled, it hindered the movie completely entirely, right. regardless of whatever I seen transpire on screen. Yep. Um, I mean, it still could have been like amazing, but it kind of felt like a joke. Right. And the movie did feel like a joke in some aspects. And oh. I'll see, I'll talk about that as we get into the plot, 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 plot. I can't even talk. Sorry. Flop, I, I get, I'm getting ahead of my words. No. <laughs> so, um, flop. Um, but yeah, so that was my experience. Um, you know, um, I, I thought I was watching a spoof. Right. You know, I, you know, I really did. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that was my uh, experience. I was very excited to still go see it. And because I knew that like, um, and she felt really bad because she didn't know that was like a real spoiler after. Right. Um, I don't know if she knew or not, but I mean, she had, if you know, movie. somebody's a scream fan revealing who the killer is, is a big fucking spoiler. She knew exactly what she was doing, whether you're 12 or whether you're fucking 40, fuck you. But then I was still looking for like a second killer. Yeah. But like, yeah. The, well, the, the depth, the in-depthness no. of this movie and we'll get into it later. Right. Like, I didn't appreciate it at the time. So okay. I, I can tell you that much. And that was my initial experience. I was not happy. I right. left kind of like sulking. And like, I took my little scrapbook and just like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what was your first viewing experience like, Christian? Yes. Yeah. So like I said on the previous podcast, uh, I, I had to go to soccer camp for such a long day for three nights. Uh, or for three days and then each night I would watch the next Scream movie and so it came down to the final night and we were watching Scream 3 and what's funny is my memories aren't as vivid with Scream 3 as they are for the first two yeah. um, but I do remember I think liking it more than you did Lacey around that age because I was 11 when okay. I saw Scream 3 yeah. well and you so, didn't have it spoiled for you I obviously did because I had the stupid Wikipedia pages. Well, you spoiled before. it for yourself. Somebody yeah, that was me. Set out to attack you. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, but even though I read the Wikipedia pages, I was still so confused. <laughs> I watched it for the first time because so I was still trying to piece things together. I did immediately, I noticed that the tone was different. And so that threw me in a bit of a loop but i did remember enjoying a lot of it just because you know you're 
young and you are less thinking about the substance sometimes when you watch a movie of like the good emotional depth. And for me, I was like, hey, Ghostface seems to have more screen time this movie than the other two. So I do think if I, I think remembering the movie correctly, I just watched it, um, <laughs> that Ghostface appears technically more in this one than I think the first two. Um, not saying that the scenes are as suspenseful, uh, right. as suspenseful or, or as well done, but right. I think there is more. And so I think I remember yeah. at least having a enjoyable movie experience, but I definitely noticed that there was there was a lot of things that are definitely off from this yeah. film compared to the first two. But I still had a pretty good time. And I just remember being sad because that meant no more Scream until Scream 4 was released a few months later. Do you do you remember like specific aspects of those days watching those movies, like just random little moments? That's what I've noticed with these movies too. Like it's really, uh, it just captures the time for me. And brings me back to a time where it's just like, oh, this is fucking amazing. Yeah, there are certain scenes to where I remember, like, the first time that I seen them. Yeah. You know? Um, Those are some of the best times in my life, I'm going to say, hands down. Well, tomorrow's going to be the I best know. day in my life. I, I I'm a little know. sad that, yeah, so we're recording uh, parts, little podcasting magic here. We're recording parts three and four today. But uh, we are going to see part five tomorrow. 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 Uh, yeah, we are. Less than 24 hours. Less than 24. Well, what time are you going, Christian? I'm going to a 10 o'clock showing. So here it's going to be 25 hours. 25 fucking hours. We Let's will have go. been in the theater Let's for go. almost an hour this time tomorrow. And Let's the official runtime of this movie is two hours and 13 minutes long that's a long ass fucking movie it is mine still says an hour 54 what's going on oh okay i don't don't know know if my theater is accounting for previews they're gonna oh maybe it's something like the ending christian for you (laughs) that would suck so badly (laughs) well i'm just like crossing my fingers what happened during h kills yo if 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 there is a problem with the theater like when we saw halloween fucking kills i like that there is no backup option this time no that time i was a little upset i will scour theaters across des moines and we will find a fucking raggedy ass we are adding nine o'clock showing so we should be fine yeah Um, my dad and i are seeing it together tomorrow we literally have two other sets of tickets lined up at various times the next couple of days in case something happens <laughs> for that first night show. Wait, really? They're just there, ready to go. That's awesome, dude. No, I'm so excited that he, you're going to see it with your dad because it sounds like he was a major component of you yeah, enjoying this franchise. Right. Yeah. And, and that's what it is for so many people, too. It's so hard to explain. And, and whenever I start talking about movies, when people prompt me, I, I tend to kind of ease into it because... It really does mean a lot to me. The people around me, like you, like you, Christian, you, we all know it because we're all the same and we all feel it the same, but not everybody has that connection with movies. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it runs so deep and it's so personal to so many people that, yeah, like this this is as good as life gets Wait, in a lot of aspects. Like, I, I love it. Yeah, baby. Like, Christian, you told the story of like how uh, your dad proposed to your mom after the first yes. of screen why is mrs craig not going with you guys because someone needs to stay home with the eight-year-old oh see? i forget you 
can they, oh, the eight-year-old can't watch till they go to a soccer camp at 11. <laughs> apparently apparently so um it's all 10 o'clock is also just really late for her so she would fall asleep in the first five minutes but she did say basically of all the scary movies that are coming out or will ever come out a scream movie is the one she would most likely see in a theater so yeah. i wouldn't be surprised if i went with her at some point but she's not the kind of person that like she needs to go see opening night kind of a thing Got you. We're jumping to Scream 5 again. We are. I know. It's so I know, hard I know. but like we're not talking about any plot points or anything. We're just talking yeah. about generalities, which ironically, this uh, Scream 3 actually gets very, very meta. Yes. Um, in the aspect of it. It's steroids. It, yeah, right. It That's a great fucking yeah. analogy. It expands it. from part two yeah. from, you know, just seeing like a little snippet of Stab. Like who, like, all right, so when you first seen Stab in yeah. Scream 2, did you know it would be such a huge component of the rest of the franchise? <laughs> like, well, I, like, no, because it was always there in the second one, but it was never the focal point right. of the plot. The opening kill. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, no, actually it kind of is because the Mickey's motive for killing was he was going to blame the movies. And she got killed at a movie called Stab. She was stabbed in a movie called Stab. Right. So. Mm-hmm. so but besides the yeah. opening, the scene with Tori Spelling and Luke Wilson, and then Mickey's <laughs> referencing at the end, it's not like you're constantly hearing stab, stab, stab for two hours. Right. right. Exactly. The way and, it is with this one. Well, and they're making the movie in this one. Um, they are, they do watch several of them in Scream 4, which some of them are included in Scream 4, obviously. But with this one, I I think it was, it's a smart angle in a lot of ways to make it bigger, to bring it to Hollywood. Um, I just, as far as personal preference goes, I just don't like it. Now, I... Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. Like, but one thing that like I noticed though, in like being a self-aware 12 year old though, uh-huh. like having seen so many like horror sequels, uh-huh. um, it is kind of cool that like uh you know Angeli was like, I'm starting to see why Tori and David Schwimmer didn't want to come didn't back. So come like back. because <laughs> like, when you get when you like Scream is a very rare franchise to where you have these main leads keep coming back. I want to talk and about that. They, yes. they haven't been recast. They right. haven't been right. and, uh, you know I would be so pissed if they were. <laughs> yes. And right? Scream 3 is so self-aware of that 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 does happen in the horror genre. Like it's still it's still playing the tropes. But, like, I don't think people appreciate that enough about right. this movie, to be honest, because, like, it is, like, it's it's kind of, mo- it's mocking itself, but at the same time, it's still bringing your original cast back. Yeah, yeah, it's so rare in so many different aspects. It doesn't play by any fucking rules, and that's why it's brilliant. And, again, we talked about, like, the charm of Scream, right? Well, what what's, what what's break it down? What is it? It's characters. So, it's Sid. It's obviously Dewey and Gale everything that they bring in Scream 2 and everything and and, and just their love and obviously Randy and that's why that hurt and but that also shows that this fucking franchise has teeth and it will fucking kill you and it doesn't and doesn't have any regard but there there is an equal amount of chance that you will survive and there's something very endearing that no other franchise 
even attempts. Friday the 13th, what emotion is there to any of those final girls, any of those characters? All we and have off Adrian King like right away in the sequel. Correct. I yeah. mean, really. Which I, is basically cotton weary in Scream 3. And then you have <laughs> Tommy Jarvis, and then there's such a But even with Tommy Jarvis, it was recast in every movie. Exact dude. How important though is that? If you had Feldman playing them in, in all three then think about how much of a difference that would have made in terms of connectivity. Doesn't mm-hmm. have it. The franchise doesn't have that in existence. Scream is always from the jump. It's not only had the same actors and actresses come back, but it's it's kept that heart, that heartfeltness that keeps it real. That heartfeltness. That heartfeltness feeling. <laughs> that no matter what happens all the chaos or whatever it keeps it grounded it keeps it emotional and it it really does keep it original in a sense because i can't think of any other horror franchises doing it and i agree and that's why i think that was kind of wes craven's way of saying like this movie's gonna be cheesy as fuck, right. but I'm still aware of what's going on and I'm still delivering something that these other horror mm-hmm. franchises have not done. Yes. Yep. You know, and, yes. and I would say that's a big reason why he kept bringing back Nancy or Heather Langenkamp for yeah. his movies. Is he's like, right. you know what, part of the charm is having a character that you could, whether or not you relate to or you're growing with and you're going along in their journey because. That's where a lot of the suspense comes from, is having a character so beloved and seeing them come back and seeing their journey and then praying that they're able to make it out alive again. Right. So he does it really well whenever he was on board in that franchise, too. That and, you know, it's great that this franchise is the only one with the same timeline. Like, we don't have to, like, use your favorite Lori Strode timeline. That's, no, like, you want to stack up Lori against Sydney as a final girl. There's my argument right fucking there. Okay, here's here's the thing that, and you're absolutely right. What runs concurrent with that, though, is the fact that it's a ghost face. It's somebody, several people under the mask every time it's it's, different. it's more grounded in reality now you can yes. you can do a reverse on that though and look at it from a negative perspective and say well how many times are they going to go after sydney and and they have that they you can take that argument except for the fact that this franchise is about copycat killings it's about this girl's life on screen in her real life so it actually does fit in this instance i think scream again it's it's another i said this last time on scream too it's one of those rare things where you can get away with a lot of shit for sure it's very badass in a lot of ways as well but you can only do it once you can't really do these things and be repetitive and and you know be original and be new so i think regardless of my personal preference in terms of you know where these movies rank and all that each entry brings something and brings awareness to the genre for sure even with me hating on a lot of aspects of this movie, you know, the main one being like, it's a fucking Scooby-Doo mystery. <laughs> Other than that, I mentioned that the last time I watched it. I was like, yep, here's the Scooby-Doo moment. Let's go into that basement. 
but <laughs> it, it's weird and and we'll talk about it when we when we get past four obviously more too but four and more four and more but mm-hmm. in in retrospect though um the things that bother me it doesn't bother me as much because three is not the last entry for a long time it was <laughs> for a long ass years. fucking time screen three is what we were left with and it, well, was, and they hyped and it, it up, fizzled though, out it's a trilogy and that it's you know the killer superhuman like the rules of scream three yeah like it makes it feel like it's um you know infinite like that it's done right or maybe infinite's not the proper word um definitive that yeah. it's done yeah okay. you yeah. know and um you know the way that when they bring back randy Right. And you know, mm-hmm. just a great moment. It, it is one of the best moments in the movie. When he comes on screen, I agree. I feel like my heart dropped. Yeah, I was just, and he's wearing the same shirt that he got killed in. Yeah, yeah, but- yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh, he shot that that day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, another problem that this film had, though, and and watching, you know, um, like outtakes and interviews with like the cast and crew is. Like they wanted to get going in on this sequel or this third film right away. And, you know, with the cinema and violence after Scream 2 and then what happened with Columbine, it's a three year delay. Like, were people still going to be excited about it? Like, where where is Sydney at in her life now? Well, where do you take these characters in a three year time span? And what's the motive for coming back? Can I say something too, though? And I agree with everything that you just said and, and fuck yeah. And but <laughs> no to all of that. Really was a statement of opinion. I was taking facts. No, those were those were facts <laughs> for sure. But I, I also think though that the, I disagreed with everything you just said. Well, then I'm agreeing with everything that I said. <laughs> then um, I I do think that uh, Kevin Williamson's writing is definitely lacking. Evident. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Was, yeah. What was the guy's name? Evan. Uh, Aaron, Kruger. Like Aaron, Aaron Kruger, yeah, like that? He, no, he's done. He's done a lot of great shit. He's directed some great shit as well. But at the same time, I think that it was just a tough position because they had to get somebody in there to try and change things last minute. And that's what they were left with. Mm-hmm. But if you think about the Gale and Dewey stuff, if you think about that heartfeltness that Scream is really known for, dude, that's fucking Williamson. What do you mean? That's yeah. Dawson's Creek shit all day. So <laughs> with that said, it makes sense that that is pretty much lacking in this movie. It's very much Wes Craven, but don't fucking sleep on Williamson's writing. He's a genius the way he gets in there and he crafts these stories with these guys as well. Like he was a big part of what the screen movies are. And I feel like without him, with him removed, it, you, that's where it's lacking. Yeah. We're definitely like skipping around a lot, but like, we haven't even gotten to the opening scene. No. Um, <laughs> but you're right. Um, let's talk about the opening now. Let's do it, baby. All right. Mm-hmm. So 100% I, cotton. 110%. Uh, <laughs> The no, worst flirting like, ever. Yeah, right. I, I, can, I can still like quote this movie, even though like I haven't seen it near as much as I have the other films. Right. Um, you know, I could still probably quote it by heart, to be honest. Yeah. Because like I love watching them all back to back to back to back. Mm-hmm. Simple game, Cotton. It was a simple game, Christian. You should have read a scream too, a four point five. Now we gotta end this off. <laughs> um, no. Um, just kidding. <laughs> um. 
this opening, um, I actually like, so I thought because they killed somebody who was like, all right. So we kind of talked last time that was Cotton really a hero, you know, like he's holding, uh, you know, them at gunpoint and he just wants a fucking interview <laughs> and he's like willing to kind of kill her for it. Even though he says like, he has to wait until she says, consider it done um before he shoots fucking mrs loomis um so he's still kind of a villain you know like i don't necessarily i've never really thought of cotton as like a good guy i told you he was always good he was just fucking with her he was a red herring that's what he was used for for scream too yeah but no but what i'm saying is like when he came in like i'm sorry it's pretty fucked up that like he bartered like what if she had said no i'm not doing the fucking interview no he wasn't really (laughs) bartering he really was. No, he wasn't. What? He was then not. What was he doing? He was buying time. Like he's literally hanging out at the college campus. Nobody wearing I, a I winter college. I will not defend that. Hoodie. I will not defend that. He's a fucking that. creep stalking Sydney to get the interview just because he went to prison for a year. The dude's a fucking creep. I never thought that like he was like a good guy. Like he <laughs> he fucked a married woman. He's stalking Sydney on campus to get an interview and. I feel like Sydney kind of got lucky that he semi saved her life is as I would call it. And like, because she didn't like publicity and media and all of that. So she's like, talk to cotton. He's your hero. And they all like leave her and go to him. <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. I feel like she did herself a favor there. Like it wasn't so much for him. It was like more so for herself. That's a very good point. I <laughs> it's a win-win situation. I never thought of that. That's interesting. Really? Yeah, no, that was for her, as opposed to just, yeah. yeah. As she does her dramatic walk away as the camera pans out. Right. Yes. Right. Like, it's not, like, it wasn't about, like, him being a hero, because we know that we just seen him barter for her fucking life so he could get a fucking interview with Diane Sawyer. She did, she did know, though, that's all that dude wanted, so she was like, oh, so it was like a twofer. (laughs) It was a twofer. Two birds, one stone. Exactly, yeah. Like Miss Plumas said. Um, right. She no, got it with but, a couple fucking stones. But no, so he like fucked a married woman. He stalks Sydney on campus. He burned for her life for an interview. Cotton, in my opinion, is a terrible person. And then not only that, he has a cheesy, trashy talk show. Right. It, as we open mm. on screen three. Yes. And it opens on the Hollywood side. It does. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, but see, the thing is, like, people, I, I think maybe most people don't think of Cotton the way that I did, like, as I just broke down. Most people are thinking, like, oh, he's a returning character from, you know, the past two films. Like, he's going to be a big player in this. Like, he's advertised in the trailer, I believe. I didn't rewatch really the, the trailer, but, like, yeah. you don't think that he is going to be the opening kill, which it, that does set, like, a, a new set of rules, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's always been about the the female. I mean, they, they did kill Maureen and Phil in the opening of Scream 2. But this one, it's kind of somebody who's been involved and it's the third one. So all bets are off. And I think that's what they were trying to read. That's all you got. That's all you got for the opener. What are, what are you talking about? That's the original part. Did, was I done talking? No, please go. <laughs> Go. Like I don't know. Was I not done talking? No, no, go ahead. Like go ahead. I'm looking at you. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, please tell me. No, I'm just saying. Like we disagree. On no, we we've, like, we've I don't had think, extensive. I don't think it's a, oh, ex- I, 
dentist. Uh, it's not the worst opening in the franchise, I can tell you that. Oh, we're gonna interesting. Get we're going to get there when we get there. It is not the worst opening. How dare you, first of all? No, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm not allowed because right. I break a rule. I definitely yeah. disagree but with you on that one. But. I'll say this. <laughs> no, this one, you actually care a little bit. Like, even though I think he's a terrible person. That's what makes it original, though. I'm not saying it makes it original. Like, okay, so, like, you take Adrian King, as I mentioned earlier, right. from, like, Friday the 13th, and you kill her off. Right. Like, in this one, you're killing off somebody that you thought was going to be in the movie for a long time, and they weren't. So, you know, we don't know Casey Becker. We don't know Maureen Evans or Phil, whatever. I can't remember his last name at the time. But we knew Cotton at this point. Like, we, we did know him. Right. So, mm-hmm. unfortunately, he just an unlikable character, so nobody gave a fuck that he died. The only other character to survive other than the big three. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. Um, yeah, and that's what that's what made him expendable, right? In my opinion, that's that's the problem with killing him first. Okay. Like, if you kill him later in a more epic, like whatever, yeah. like I get it, like, but it's trying to tell you that it doesn't matter. Like, I think that's the thing that pisses me off the most about Randy's video is he's like, the rules say some of you ain't going to make it. Because I, like, were you just literally talking about Cotton? Because the rest of them did make it. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, aside from Cotton, was that who he was referring to? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like, it, it's very cheesy and corny, but we have a little bit of a change with the, the voice. Um, it's obviously a female calling Cotton, and they the killer in this one obviously had can uh, you know clone their voices, <laughs> yeah. and so <laughs> Cotton's voice gets cloned with uh, Gossip Girl's mom, and <laughs> <laughs> well, that's who she is. That's yeah. like Kelly, and she's also in Melrose Place too. Like a lot, of, what I was noticing, like I didn't realize how many TV stars are in this franchise as right. a whole. Right. Like as a whole, mm-hmm. like I think it's literally like hit every major TV platform star ever. Yeah. Like seriously. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, that, that's a draw in though. Like you see your favorite TV celebrity mm-hmm. on in a horror movie. Are they going to go die? Let's go watch it. It makes right. sense. Like it's profitable. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um. But yeah, so what did you guys think about the element of the voice changer in this one, Christian? I, I'm not a fan of it, <laughs> to be honest, because for me, I love the whole grounded in reality aspect of the original. And yes, Scream 2 expanded on that, and it was a just a bigger film, but it still felt more grounded in reality than this whole voice changer thing. Um, I don't know, there's just something about knowing that's ghost faces like for me like that's just the signature roger voice. jackson yes just hearing roger jackson just knowing it's him and so maybe if there was a better scene where you think it's someone else on the phone that turns out to be ghost face but i don't think there was ever a scene that truly caused for greatness that i felt like the voice changer was worth it in this movie yeah. so yeah i just don't like how it was it, it scream three already alone is more you know, not as grounded in reality as the other two. The voice changer definitely is the icing on the cake. Um, I don't know, like, because it kind of makes me think back to, like, 1992, was it? When, um, obviously you were, like, negative eight. Um, negative seven. Okay, a little I'm older sorry. than you think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, uh, I don't, well, 
like if you had been around in the 90s i i know i keep like reiterating that reiterating i don't know what that word means but um reiterating um there was a thing called the talk boy and i would like to think between 1992 or whatever year home alone 2 came out from 1992 to 2000 that they would have figured out a way that you can clone somebody's voice so like it made sense to me that this could happen you know, they haven't redone it since this, obviously, and I don't think they're going to do that again in, in the new one. But um, I don't know. It, I thought it was kind of a cool aspect that it, you could literally be talking to anybody. And, you know, it's kind of like catfishing. Right. But with cell phones. Mm. Yeah. You know, and this was at a point in time where like star six, nine, or like, you can still like block your number. I don't even know if you can block your number anymore. I haven't like tried to print call anybody in a while, but <laughs> yeah. um, got to get on that. You know what? I'm going to call Corey Gillis's phone right now. Five, five, five. Is that a real number? What is it? Oh, one, seven, six. Yeah. All right. Five, five, five. Oh, one, seven, six. I'm pretty seven, sure. Six. All right, I'm calling it. Well, it doesn't, 555 is an actual area code, right? Or zero. Okay, apparently I need an area code. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm sure <laughs> um, I did just try to call Corey Gills. But yes, let, all right, let, let's, let's throw <laughs> this back in and let's talk about this opening. Was it scary? No. No, everybody, I think that silence for itself. No, yeah, no, <laughs> someone I, had to say it. I hate every aspect of this opener. Do you? Every well, you will even watch the outtakes, okay. though. Oh, that makes it even worse. Okay, so yeah, yeah, give me the scenes without music no, behind where, it. where he's trying to. <laughs> no, you were like, this would have worked so much better. He's at least trying to climb through. I was like, no, that's no, 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 but no. he does like stab. Did you watch the deleted scenes, Christian? Yes, I did. I actually preferred the deleted version of the opening. Oh, you did. So you agree with Dan. I actually like oh the whole like knife through the leg thing. Oh, I love that. Right. And that's yeah, that was the only fucking highlight of that whole opening sequence. Now, mm-hmm. you said bringing Cotton into it. Okay. Like clearly fucking you see him in the opening scene. You know you're watching a screen movie. You know that he's going to be killed. Now, add it with his girlfriend and the whole fucking scenario with the voice changer. She's got a nice little voice it it provides some yes there's some fun to be had and there's a couple back and forth where she thinks that he's trying to kill her and it's like oh okay this is kind of interesting in terms of how like christian said in terms of how they use it throughout the movie it's i i don't think it's warranted i think it actually kind of takes away to other possibilities that could have been had, um, you know, just kind of dialing it back and being more true to scream and asking them questions and stuff like that. Like all that gets erased and it just becomes um, something different in terms of the phone calls anyways. And with the voice changing thing, uh, no, it wasn't a fucking thing ever. Like the talk boy is recording. Well, yeah, but I'm saying what the I was vo- saying. I know what was, you're saying with like, like evolution. Technology yeah. should have like so. It, but it wasn't yeah. a real thing at that point. But for it, sure, it, it, movie. For movie, exactly, and that <laughs> and that's and that's my biggest problem with it. Now, 
I a movie within a movie within I want to talk about other standards, though. The fact that this is a fucking screen movie and we're watching an opening scene that is just, huh, it's a, okay. Oh, it's, no, it's definitely lackluster. It's I mean, caught like, we're getting killed. Yep. It's so... me more than any scene in any of the movies. Now, her wet I can't name one time watching this movie where someone didn't comment on that. Every single Scream movie, and it's what is? they even say it in Scream 4, you have to have an extravagant opening kill. And with with this, with this fra- within this franchise, this is by far the worst. I it's, disagree. It's by yeah, I know, but but you gotta <laughs> admit though, in terms of originality. And just as far as no, like, I, it, I disagree. What they swung <laughs> for the fences and for whether they talk about originality in this aspect, I like it's had so you'd rather just play it safe. Them, and, I don't think they played it safe. I feel like I feel like I feel like they had intentions to do more with the movie, and they didn't get to do that. And I think they were going to kill off more than one person i would love to rate that movie then but we're not rating yep. that movie we're rating, what this I'm telling we're rating this canon <laughs> but i'm telling you with the original intention bullshit life was built on fucking good intentions this is what we got and that's what i'm saying unfortunately it is what it is but i'm just telling you that based off of what the original script was versus this right you know like this movie was supposed to be the fucking following right and it would have been epic, but it couldn't happen. Right. And so we got stuck down with like something that they show on the comedy network TBS. So yeah, but and that's what I'm saying though, and that's the movie that we're talking about tonight that we're rating. <laughs> no, do you think because of do you think because of this movie, because of this sequel alone, like let's say they just left it at one and two, right? right? Do you think because of this movie? it kind of became a joke uh yes that's what that's exactly what i said but they were already parodying it yeah with so scary movie though scream has always been that cool fucking franchise that's like hey guess what i'm in on the joke as well and they were unfortunately it, it just became such a big wave for everybody involved that it becomes bigger than just scream Wes craven this is the same time that uh Jane Silent Bob Strike Back was being filmed, and that's and why that's why they were in it. They crossed networks, and Wes Craven studio, yeah. is in that movie as well. And yeah. they do a Shannon Doherty screen parody in that uh, as well, which that's I love that movie to death. And it's just it's just a sign of the times more than anything. It's a sign of the times. Thank you. Uh, Hello, what just happened? Oh. It's a sign of the times. Thank you, Harry. What happened there? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was singing and I didn't like it. Yeah, and, but that's what I mean, though. It's like uh, at that point in time, the shit was huge. And, and it was like that thing that was personal to me. Everybody fucking loved now. And I was very offended by that. <laughs> and well, you know what? I've been offended by this movie as a whole, though. Yes. And that's why, too, because that's when everybody was on board with it. But but that's when everybody was just like more gung ho than anything. Like, oh, yeah. And a lot of people to this day will say that Scream 3 is their favorite. And I'm just like, we're not the same fucking people. <laughs> you know, um, it's just it's just whatever. The, and 
but it's weird though and it's interesting and it's hopeful to hear your perspective Kristen um you know you being the age that you are having the perspective that you have it does it gives me hope <laughs> yes what's interesting yeah. is there's a few people I've shown Scream 3 to that actually prefer it over Scream 2 yeah what? that's what I know of the most yeah. yeah I know a few people that were bored during Scream 2 but then they were so into Scream 3 it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think it makes sense either, especially if you enjoy the first one. I don't know how you can enjoy Scream 3 over Scream 2 then. Well, and there's so many people that have so many different tastes or whatever. And obviously yeah. for all of us, though, this is our franchise, right? This is the cream of the crop. And we've seen so many other fucking movies, so many other franchises. We have perspective. And I think that's one of the keys going into this that that I think plays a bigger part than we're than we're kind of giving credit to, and we're and, scream sleuths. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at all the franchises <laughs> out there, I mean, I'm gonna be brief about this, but fuck, Please. I mean, look at Texas Chainsaw. Look how messy that is, and no connectivity. It's all over the place, and uh, you know, ex- uh is right. Sorry, I just got flashbacks to the next generation and maybe yes gag no christian sorry <laughs> all of them christian, dude. please go listen to the final girl episode of slumber party massacre right now no i'm gonna bump it up on my list i have a long list <laughs> yeah I, I promise you it is it's good. a great debate it is and i am masterful that's all i said wow <laughs> but but even even like final destination and stuff like that there are characters that you feel for but they don't really last and shit i mean let's go down the line i mean nightmare on elm street has been non-existent for a long time since 2010 Friday the 13th yep. has been 2009 caught in litigation for since then basically like, mm-hmm. I just did that. yeah like, for sure awesome. like I am like <laughs> amazing like this is why this franchise is like my thing you know because it it plays homage to horror fans and and plays on everything on every aspect of the genre um, in a timely manner as well. Like, and I always appreciated it, that. It appreciated horror fans before even like Facebook or social media was a thing. Yes. Like it appreciated us. Right. When we felt like we were not like maybe outcasts for right. liking horror movies, you know, like. Well, mm-hmm. And it had. Relate to. It had that opposite effect on me though. Because. What I, do you mean? I love how you said that though. It had that opposite effect on me uh, when Scream 3 hit. That's what it felt like. It felt like that thing that I connected to, that I had such a personal connection to. It was. It was weird seeing it blow up because, listen, I I put Scream 2 right in there with Scream 1. It was right around the same time. It was within a year. It was a crazy fucking time. Scream 3 was slightly removed from that. So at this point, yeah, scary Especially movie. because I can't name a major slasher film from 99, can you? Because uh, there was a bunch in '98, but then there was right. this like period of time. I felt like there wasn't really as many, at least before Scream Three no, came out. There was out. definitely a drop off. Like there, after well, yeah. I still know again. Like, um, right, Urban Legend was '98 as well. But yeah, uh, Bride of Chucky were, was Halloween H two O. All those were '98. If they were telling, there's a major drop. If they were telling Wes Craven to basically tone it down because of the columbine stuff i would assume that would be uh you know running concurrently they should have waited all the students they should have waited another year but well, i feel like there is an audience for this movie though so uh, okay so mm-hmm. much like i think the reason that it is though is because a lot of people don't like um 
they don't like the gore or the horror aspect of scary movies, but they still like scary movies. Because they're that, fun. Does, yeah. that, does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. 100%. 100%. I think that's why people appreciate this movie is because it's like fucking hilarious. Right. But mm-hmm. like to us diehard fans of like the first two, like when you see this, it's kind of like a slap in our face almost. That, Very that's much kind, so. That's kind of how it felt. That's how it like, felt. Over right. time, you do grow to appreciate it as a whole, but I think had it not been for maybe Scream 4. Correct. Like, 100%. You, you wouldn't appreciate it to what it is now. A but I do percent. appreciate a lot of things of this movie on last rewatch. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can't get into it right now because the, it's like, we're not five, there yet. Yeah. We're not okay. There yeah. Yet. Well, okay. So I want to talk about the cast of this film. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you have fucking singled out MTV's Jenny motherfucking McCarthy as um, Sarah. Sarah Darling. Yes. Um, um, she looks better on The Mass Singer than she did in this movie. Do we love Jenny McCarthy? Though? Like, we, <laughs> we watch do. her every week. Like, She's scream alumni. She she is that type of she's like the Jada chick. Pinkett of right. this movie because she's like calling it out. She's like, why does my character have to die in the shower? Yeah, why does she have to be naked? I think where to go? Hello. Why am I showering? Yes. You know, like she's calling out all of major plot points, which I think the reason though that I don't think she's the right fit for a scream franchise, though. Right. Right. Well, in this aspect. You just know who she is. Well, I knew who she was. You probably, have you ever heard of Singled Out, Christian? I've heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It was this ridiculous reality. uh, He's like, they showed it to me in history fucking class. It was this uh, reality (laughs) dating show on MTV in the 90s. She was um, so extra. uh, Who was the host of that? Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick. Yes, he was. uh, He died in. House of a Thousand Corpse. Yes. And he does um, the, the Afterthought, The Talking Dead. Yes. Um, so, they host, so they hosted this show together. And um, it the dude would have to be, a chick or a dude would be blindfolded. And they would be talking about like what their likes and dislikes are. And you could eliminate them by not seeing them. Like it was kind of ridiculous, but that's how I knew who Jenny McCarthy was as a twelve-year-old. <laughs> well, she's and a so, '90s icon, though, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. So, like, sure. as I'm watching this as a twelve-year-old, I was just like, right. "Shouldn't she be filming Singled Out right now?" Like the show got canceled after like two seasons, but like, still, was it only two seasons? I think it was only two seasons. Interesting, but it was fun. I remember they did like they they used to have this big thing on MTV where it was like MTV Spring Break. And that was such an event, like, every year for, like, five years that I watched. And, like, Jerry Springer was on there and shit. Right. So, like, I associate Jenny McCarthy with Jerry Springer. 100%. And when you put those things into, like, a Scream movie, it just takes me out of it. 100%. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You're right. So, it is a part of the time that, like, this movie was released. And, like, if you grew up with that and this character, if you didn't know who she was, like, right. I guess maybe you might appreciate her more. Right. But knowing that... I just couldn't get behind it. Right. Yeah, this is my introduction to Jenny McCarthy. Yeah, see? And yeah. I think that her killing scene could have been one of the scariest of the franchise, and they completely botched it. Like, with all of those ghost face lined up. It's a great idea. Right, right. Yeah, I I, I dig a lot of that scene, but yeah, it, it was something that it fleshed out uh, even more. 
that could have been mm-hmm. um, one of the more significant. Like, okay, so we broke down how many different kills and different sequences in Scream Two that are so fucking brilliant on their own, mm-hmm. so so brilliantly constructed, and here <laughs> it's like fuck, we got slim pickings. All right. Like you can kind of pick out moments and shots. Obviously Craven shot this movie. Like it, it's very much so a Wes Craven movie. It feels like it's just Hollywood. Craven. No, you can yeah. tell when he's Hollywood, because this feels a, a lot like cursed to me. It does. Like it has the that tone yeah. of it. Yes. It, you know? I haven't seen that one in a while. Yeah, it, it feels. There's like, one from 2000 or no? That, that was uh, like 2006, maybe. Right <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, somewhere around there. Um, but it feels it has the same tone, and uh, that movie was watered down as well. Yeah. So, um, his original script was supposed to be a lot darker for Chris, as was this. Well, I mean, it's not his script, but for what he wanted to direct and do. Um, All right, so who else we got? Jen McCarthy, we got fucking... uh, Patrick Dempsey. We have um, Loverboy. Yes, is that who they call? <laughs> yes, or, well, he's McDreamy, but uh, originally. Um, in- Can't buy me love. Oh, can't buy me love. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, oh, you know that, Christian. How do wow. you know this? I do. I've seen that movie. How many times? I've only seen it once. I'm sorry. Okay. How I've many times it. you see the <laughs> Nick Cannon remake? What's the Nick Cannon remake? Uh, uh, yeah. What is, is it? There what, one? Is it? Love don't cost a thing. <laughs> yes, I've actually never <laughs> seen it, but I know he's like a drum player. I think <laughs> that's not true. Nice. That's a drum one. Oh, that's a different movie. <laughs> yes. Oops. Um, I've never seen those. Nick um, Cannon I- is hilarious. Fuck Nick Cannon. All right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who is the host of the Mass Singer? Mind you, so that's kind of funny. Oh, there you go. Um, oh, wow. But yeah, so we have Patrick Dempsey, which I don't know if he was a big get at this time because Grey's Anatomy hadn't even started and we hadn't seen him since a long time. He was mm-hmm. he was, he was like 80s. John Travolta just before Pulp Fiction in this movie. <laughs> no, so? for real. He was well, he was a star. Grey's didn't start until 2005. That's so, what I'm saying yeah. though. It, yeah. was, it was like right before he fucking popped off again. You know? Yeah, yeah this was probably more like his comeback film right. the mainstream yep yeah i mean that makes sense like now he races cars but um <laughs> no i so i'm like trying to think of like other notable names well uh who was the chick what's the name of the chick that plays angelina uh oh um, emily emily emily, emily yeah. she was in um disney's the kid with bruce willis fuck bruce willis um, <laughs> yes. and she was also in a really big hbo show called the newsroom um, that's right and Lars and the real girl dude she's in Shutter Island she's a fucking yeah, actress so though this, I think this was like her start though yeah it was yeah this is her first, first American film I believe okay. oh yeah 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 that makes sense and then we have fucking Parker Posey dude uh, I on. am now always I'm gonna change I'm gonna go legally get my name changed to Judy Jurgensen. Jurgensen. <laughs> <laughs> I said <it> wrong <laughs> Because she's Jennifer Jolie, but obviously she had her name changed. We have fucking Carrie Fisher. Princess fucking Leia is in this movie, you guys. Well, yes. Making is. fun of the fact We are that... aware. All right. So I guess since, you know, we're bringing her up, I think we have to talk about, like, they were kind of alluding to, like, what the fuck was going on in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think we have to talk about that. 
Well, I, it's it's very ironic the fact that yeah, the studio heads, meaning Harvey Weinstein, yeah, uh, wanted John them, Milton, yeah, wanted them mm-hmm. to change it because of violence. And in all reality, it ended up being a commentary on his fucking life. <laughs> yeah, well, and it kind of makes this movie darker than what it actually right? is. Super now dark. knowing what I we agree. know. Yep, I agree. Like, I feel like I don't think it was like mocking us in a sense. I think it was kind of like letting us know what really does go beyond Hollywood doors. Right. Or behind mm-hmm. Hollywood doors. Um, you know, because she's like, I did not fuck that pig John Milton. Yeah. You know, to yep. die with the rest of you. Like that literally happened. Right. Like, right. I mean, maybe people weren't being killed off, but th- things were happening. So people would get starring roles. Very and ironic. And it, it's, it literally was shedding a light that, like, I didn't comprehend as a 12 year old. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. You know, and it, it is, it is a staple, I guess, in yep. that aspect. And I think it has to be somewhat appreciated for that because it was trying to tell us something that. They didn't want to actually say out loud, but it is showing us. And Milton played by uh, Lance, Lance Henderson, Henderson. Yeah. who's obviously mm-hmm. a G. Um, yes, he was in that uh, Tells from the Crypt episode, uh, Cards, or I can't think of the name right now, but we covered it on some of our Yeah, yeah but but he's the one who's in Pumpkinhead, right? Is that him? I, I mean, think you're right. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was also in Man's Best Friend, which uh, was my Christmas. Uh, so every year for Christmas, I get a horror film. Yeah. And I have to watch it. Um, sometimes I get one. Sometimes I get ten. I like it when I have a variety to choose from. Uh, this year I got a bunch, and this was the one I chose. This year was Man's Best Friend, and he was in that. Yes, and uh, obviously we can't uh, not talk about the cast without talking about Joe Swanson himself, <laughs> Patrick Warburton, Putty. Oh. Putty from everybody uh, <laughs> watches Seinfeld. He's so classic. It's so funny. My acting teacher a couple of years ago did a movie with him. Yes, what? dude. He's yeah. fucking bro- no. And then we just watched him in um, Better Watch Out. Like he is yeah. such a class act. Like he's so great in everything, everything. And he's so fucking Swanson. I mean, he's amazing. Now him and Parker Posey, their scenes together. I mean, she's Aaron. one of my. She, everybody, freshman, <laughs> little freshman Wipe piggies. that head off your face, bitch. Wipe that head off your face. Uh, no, and you know what's funny? Dan told me that I reminded him of her. You are but so, you know I mean? <laughs> dude. You are not the her. first person that's ever told me that. Like, no, it's I'm not, not surprised. No, it's not just her character. It's just her in real life. I've been told that. That makes sense. Like, I, I buy that. I look no. like Nev Campbell, uh, but personality-wise, hundred like, percent. everybody says Parker Posey. I will co-sign to that on, on the loan today. Let's go. But I'm the killer in Stab Tree. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, like that's going to save you. I'm never going to get one playing you. <laughs> yeah, I'd be pissed. Um, say, no, just I- jump into Dan's arms and cry. Uh, yes, that's how she is. Exactly. And guys, we're forgetting about Noel um, from Felicity. Oh, Scott Foley. Scott Foley. Who was also, you know, he Cliff. went on to do uh, Cliff from <laughs> Dawson's Creek. So another Dawson Creek Nighter. Uh, he was in season one of that. And actually, uh, Christian, have you ever watched Dawson's Creek? Uh, I think I said I watched the first season, but I didn't get past okay. that. Well, then you should know this then. 
because there's an episode in season one where if you've seen it, then obviously it makes total sense that he's the killer in Scream 3. Because, um, God, what's the episode called? Uh, Like, it's like a Friday the 13th episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wasn't there almost like a Scream parody-ish? Yeah. Yeah. They made jokes. Yeah, they make a lot of references. He asked Dawson to, like, so Dawson and Jen just broke up. And Cliff, played by Scott Foley, is asking Dawson for advice. And he was like, well, just scare her. But like, he didn't tell him how to scare her because Dawson's plagues are, pranks are like playful and fun. Mm-hmm. And Scott takes it like, or Cliff, I guess is his name, takes it one step too far. And he starts like calling her and saying like, that like, he's under her dying grandfather's bed. <laughs> like, I mean, it's pretty fucked <laughs> up when you think about it like that. Super. And so that's, this is the last episode we see Cliff in. <laughs> <laughs> but like, he's oh, like, Clifford. But like, if you listen to the voice, like, you know, it's always like, hello, Jennifer. Yeah. But like, it's so Scott Foley. But right. like, mm-hmm. he's fucking fantastic. Though. So it makes sense. Like, I don't know why I didn't put that together. Like when I was watching that. Right. Because like, I was watching that show as it aired. So I should have put it together, but I just didn't. Yeah. Um, I knew it was her brother supposedly, but I just didn't know it was him because I think it, it, the, the voice thing, I think threw me off, like, because he had everybody's voices mm-hmm. and I thought the most hilarious line in the movie, at least to me yeah. was when Sarah Darling accidentally breaks his like video oh, yeah. head. Oh yeah. And he holds it up. He's like, are you telling me this isn't a sign? <laughs> and, like, <laughs> So like that threw me. I think right. like, he's so likable at right. that moment because right. I'm so extra. I feel like that's what I would be like. This is a sign. Somebody wants me dead. This or you never bar. would have thought that the killer would have used his actual voice right on the phone. Yeah, yeah, he didn't even have to use the voice changer. Yeah. But if you notice, like the pattern throughout, like all of the movies, like all the killers are like barely in the movie, and they get arrested every time too. Like either. this well, is the if, part. If, if you well, besides off. the first one or the yeah. well, well we're not talking about the fourth. But Stu was barely in the movie. Right. Um, yes. Scream 2, Mickey's kind of there. Like, he's he's a background player, kind mm-hmm. of. You know, like, he's yeah. just there to, like, provide context and manipulate Sydney. I'm giving him more credit. Yes, you're welcome. I'm the president of his fan club. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Mrs. Loomis is there to, like, annoy Gail. But, like, she's not really <laughs> there. And then... I thought you looked familiar. And yeah. Then, Scream three. Mm-hmm. Roman yeah, I just why. kind of just like he's the director of this movie, and like he called Sarah, and it, it did a good job of manipulating us, like because he's barely in the fucking movie, to be honest. Right. And then mm-hmm. same thing um, with the next film we're gonna review. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think Scott Foley was fantastic in this movie. Um, again, he's very likable. Um, I thought that he was just going to be obviously another victim and stuff like that. But that's what's kind of fun about this entire cast is it's like not so much it's, oh, who who was the killer? But what the fuck is the motive now? Because you have revenge, you have revenge tied with family members and, and all these other kind of things. But now with the third entry, you start teetering on, well, you could start getting very repetitive if you do the same thing over and over and over mm-hmm. again. So you have to do something while original, still keep it within what the Scream franchise is, which is always connected to family. It's always been about family. 
um, no matter what way you cut it, uh, no pun intended. So, <laughs> so, so to, so to, to constantly reinvent that and do it in different ways, I actually thought that this way did it fantastically. I don't like the setup, the all the running around to find the killer, who lights the match, shit, all that. Well, how stuff would they is, know that he was gonna light it? Ex- that too, right? Like yeah. light a match, exactly. So all of that shit, it's whatever. Did you like the movie set though? Like especially like when Sydney does come out of hiding and that part. There? Oh no. That part is the highlight of the movie. Oh, I that, think. That's something that like we had a debate on uh, as we were watching it. Um, of when you know she's going through the house and then. Um, oh, that's my favorite scene in the movie. Right, and, right. You know, it's you amazing. See the closet door again, like it brings that back. Anything nostalgia mm-hmm. like touches. She it. barricades yeah. the um, door. It's almost like the nostalgia kind of saves whatever. It does bad aspects from the script come up <laughs> yes i agree but, but there's this moment in the movie and dan was always up for debate on this of whether it was actually happening or it was in her head right and i think the reason that that comes into play with you is going back to screen one when um you see the killer in the grocery door right um mm-hmm. but so the, apparently it's they have the mother's voice and she, the the sheet uh-huh. uh with the blood on it or whatever and he was like is this real or not you didn't believe it was real and then this revelation came at the end of this movie to where it was real uh right yeah. right where it was where... the first time that like watching it you're yeah. like all right so they did it's that probably the, the confusion with the dream sequence that she had well, correct earlier in the film that's what gets me confused that's the biggest aspect. And everybody yeah. says that's the scariest moment of the franchise. Is when no, it's not. It's so funny. They're lying. Like, I remember like, watching <laughs> it. No, it freaked me out. Mother needs to talk to you. No, it's her. Like, it's her eyes. ridiculous. Why would that be something? It's her eyes when she's just staring at her. She looks like Michael Jackson in the thriller video. <laughs> <laughs> that 
I really dig. I think it's amazing. That scene. Did you just say anything about this movie was amazing? No, no, no that scene <laughs> is fucking fantastic, though. Um, it is confusing, though. Like, I, I, I would debate from time to time whether that was real or not because of, like, what Kristen said with the dream sequences that, that comes before. So it's like, is she dreaming this? I do not like them implementing, though, that kind of stuff in our screen movies. It's one thing... To hear Sid, you know, hear Billy's and her's conversation and she'll say the line and stuff like that is extremely endearing. But to do the straight up Sid, like you're absolutely right. It's Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck are we watching now? But it also makes you question other things. And then more than ever, it's the first time you would start to like question Sydney's sanity. And I don't. I don't appreciate that. Well, she's been fucked with a lot, though. Like I said, in part two, I got to reiterate, Mickey (laughs) fucked with her psyche a lot. Like, boyfriend killer, boyfriend killer. And she still has the necklace. Yes, and then you also noticed in this watch um, that the poster that she was in in the theater. Oh, yeah. um, I can't remember the name of the play at the time. Cassandra. Uh, Well, a cast of Troy or something. The Troy, yeah. That's what it is. And it's hanging on her wall. Did you say Castor Troy? No, that's face off. I said I took his face off. Yes. Um <laughs> that as well. Yes. Um, but <laughs> no, so like there are great callbacks to and I love the clips that you hear Billy talking. Right, and, that's what I mean. All I, that stuff's great. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I love that scene. Like I think that's maybe, maybe my favorite scene. So for a PG thirteen relationship, you yeah, know, and like, like she quotes herself, like yeah, she remembers. Because, she remembers because there are certain things like that you go through in life and you do quote yourself. But I you did say there wasn't a Creed fucking poster on the no, wall. No, <laughs> it was it was a Go Go Girls or something. I can't Indigo Girls. Indigo Girls. Yes, the Go Go's. I was close. <laughs> All right, sorry. Uh, no, and, and there's no, so that's the best scene of the movie. I, I I totally agree. Yeah, I I think it's fantastic. Um, I do they needed more. They needed more Cindy. Well, let's talk you about it. Limited to screen time. How long did she have on set? It couldn't have been that long. I think it said twenty days, something like Dude. that. No, okay. I think it was. I think it was two weeks total. Well, that's yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, not enough time. (laughs) Let's just put it that way, because it's very evident after the movie. She didn't want to come back. No. No. Is that why? Yeah. yeah. Well, but she had signed on. Right. And so much time had passed in between. She was like, all right, well, here's my schedule. This is what I'll give you at this point. Like, so much time had passed. I know she had, it, it took her a long time to kind of come to terms with the whole scream queen thing. I know now she, she embraces it. And you know what though? That's cool. That's cool with me because you see so many people that just um devote. She didn't their... want to be one no. Exactly. Yeah. And hey, House of Cards is her best shit ever. And that's I more recent. Seen it, but it's so good. Like, no, she plays, she's fucking cut. But we watched fuck. that movie with her with The Rock. I think it's called Sky- Oh, Skyscraper. Oh, right. And I'm like, Sydney Prescott's going to live. Right. She's, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? Um, yeah. yeah. Even though it makes you think she dies at one point. Well, no, but, but I, I was like, she's Sydney Prescott. She's got to live. But I think a lot of this, though, okay, so take out that. So you got all the other characters. 
So not Gale and Dewey necessarily together, because and they do still have some pretty charming. She's like, what, what do you think? I got a camera? He's like, oh, yeah, that's what I you bought. Me. Like, yeah. No, they, yeah. Have, they, still, they still have major chemistry in this film. And I want to yeah. know. Yep. Mm-hmm. They do. things are terrible. I'd be remiss if we didn't mention Anybody things. would say that. And they are. They're but, pretty distracting. But they still yeah. have. Her outfits are I just always as thought she was. I always thought she was wearing a wig. Like, her style in Scream 2 is amazing. She's so hot. And then. That's probably her best look. Yeah. Right. This whole franchise. We're all Dewey grabbing that titty in that scene. Like, <laughs> wow. wow. No, but in this, it's wow, like. Wow, did you really? But with her extra ass. I'd grab that titty too. Exactly. Because <laughs> uh, that white top. Right. I'm all saying. Right, we're not on screen too. No. All I right. Was... We got to talk about her in this stupid yellow suit that she's wearing in this movie. <laughs> but, but even. But did you just vomit? <laughs> I gagged just a little bit thinking about it. <laughs> no, I, I do feel like a lot of the movie hinges on them though. David Arquette and Courtney Cox, they they're, they they drive a lot of the story, they drive a lot of the plot. Um there's a lot especially of, in this one. Especially in this one. Because Sydney's barely in this. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, in with within all of that, uh, in comes the Randy video with Martha Meeks. Maserato, is that how you say her name? Matarazzo. Yes, something like that. Uh, all I can think is welcome to the dollhouse. But um, or actually, that's not what I think of. I think of her in Hostel 2. That's exactly of where she gets oh, when she was like hung up. Elizabeth, and... yeah. What, what's her name? Ebony or Bathory. Bathory. Yep. To where she the gets... same killer yes. and stay alive. And I personally think that that is one of the most brutal deaths in horror movie history. Is Hostel Two? Yeah. Yeah. But um, her in this, we miss you in Woodsboro, guys. <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> like, I just want to punch her in the fucking face. Like, yeah, we all did. Like, that is not who I pictured as Randy's sister. How about her pants? Like, did you see her fucking pants in this? Oh, it's kind of like a leopard print or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Which I think will make sense in part five, but we'll get to that later. No, that, I have so much to say about that. We will come back to that, but that that's going to play a big part. The fact that she wore leopard pants. Yes. No, it does. Exactly. So anyways, um, yeah, and I... <laughs> I did think that that element bringing Randy back, I know we touched on it earlier. I just want to bring it back one more time though, because I do feel like um, for a few minutes while we were with Randy and he's telling the rules and he's just like, it feels like a scream movie. It feels like a scream yes. movie again because it, he's just like, yeah, I know I didn't. And it's just like, it reminds but you that. Don't like, you yeah. think somebody's going to die though yes. because of that? Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. But apparently he's just referring to cotton. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. right. But I mean, these movies are all about breaking the rules anyway. Correct. And that's what I love about it. Exactly. It's it's setting up rules, but at the same time, it's ignoring them all. And look, we all know that there's different versions of each script where do we die in each one? (laughs) And one of the aspects of this movie was um, what you forget what you know about the past. Yeah. The past yep. will come back to bite you in the ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge element of this movie. And obviously yep. the killer is laying photos out of Marine Prescott, but not the Marine Prescott that Sydney knew. Now, hold on. Yes. You, you just said that. Now, when Ghostface gets fucking shot and then rolls under the vehicle 
at what point in time does he just roll back over does he just drop a picture (laughs) i guess hold on hold on boop and then scoot like just the logistics of it sometimes are fucking hilarious my lawyer liked that (laughs) not as much as i did but like it's just so stupid like you just left a picture under a van like this is so fucking silly dude like like i killed her Right, right. Now, yeah, now I just, just blew somebody up at a house. Win for me. Here's a picture. And again, and again, that may work in a lot of movies. Um, preferably maybe an action movie. In a screen movie, it just felt it, it literally represented represented what this movie was, which was just over the top and extra well, as fuck. One of my mm-hmm. favorite things you know? was like reading like after everybody was saying that. Matthew Lillard was in the movie, but he wasn't actually in the movie. He posed in photographs as Maureen Prescott. That was like a, a huge theory he that a lot that? of people had. Oh, I don't know, really? but like there, like there's one photo where it straight up looks like Matthew Lillard. You said that. Where yeah, she's wearing she like a does. hat. And yeah, she kind of does. Like it totally did. But I mean, it, that's Rena Reynolds. Yeah. Like don't get mm-hmm. don't get it twisted. Well, so originally, though, like we said, it was supposed to be the following. So it was supposed to be Stu was alive, conducting things from jail, and he had followers, correct? Yeah, it was supposed to be like a cult of people doing this through him. Okay. Now, I believe that they were supposed to do something similar again. He was going to try and do that again in four, but then that's when he he decided to use it for the following. Uh, you mean Kevin Williamson? Kevin Williamson. Yeah, sure. I mean the following. I when did the, the following, following is brilliant. Yes, yeah, I just got all three seasons. Yeah, Christmas from Dan. I don't know. Though. Have you seen the following, Christian? I watched the first season, the first couple episodes of season two. It's so ruthless, dude. It's so um, brutal. I have it's... not actually seen the climax of it. Like I'm like halfway through the third season. Joe Carroll's a <laughs> boss. Yeah. Um, uh, and Kevin Bacon is amazing. And Kevin Bacon is so fantastic. I, one of my but... favorite lines that we didn't mention in yeah. Scream Two. She's like, in a six degrees weight. Kevin Bacon kind of way, you know, uh, right before she did wild things. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Good call. Oh, that's even (laughs) like that's straight Kevin Bacon. That's (laughs) Bacon's bacon. Yeah, you get to see the goods. Bacon bits. And it's pretty big. Yeah, it's not. (laughs) If I was Kevin Bacon, I would not be ashamed to show my shit on camera. Yeah, no, he's got a huge cock. Anyways, all right. screen free retrospective everybody <laughs> um so yes <laughs> so the pictures Sorry. are of sydney's mother but not as she knows her yeah this is rena reynolds and stab three has now gone on uh hiatus or what is that what they call it? hiatus when like like they postpone something indefinitely Yes. Like, I always feel like indefinitely so. means like forever for some reason, but there have been things Indefin- known. Right. Like, yeah. I feel like indefinitely means like forever, but there have been things. I think that's the. More like infinitely. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, it, look, I just don't like that terminology because there is a lot of shit that I like to watch and they say it's on hiatus indefinitely. It, it just means you don't know when it's coming back. Right. Yeah. 
Correct. I, I don't. I, I don't like that. Yeah. Like, don't right. do that to me. It's, like, exactly. tell me that it's coming back. You fucking ass. That means we're telling you no, but we just haven't come up with a reason but, to tell so you no. So obviously, yet. Stab Three somehow gets made. I don't know how it got made because the whole cast of this movie was fucking killed off. Right. Well, they film. did what they did with Tori Spelling and David Schwimmer. Recast them all. Recast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe they came back. Who knows? But we know part five involves time travel. And they but, all had <laughs> that big Milton. Okay. I want to see Stab Five time travel. I, I, I do too. I, I want right. to see that fucking movie. I that's know. where, no, honestly, and that's where I think that the flamethrower comes in. Mm. Like shit like that, right? Like we're talking. No, like, we're not talking about. I want to no, talk Stab Five. We're not there yet. All right. So let's we're so talk. close. Fuck. <laughs> all right. So in all of these movies, all of them, um, there is a big party climax. Whether it's like a house party rager or, you know, Roman's uh, birthday or um, the Delta Lambda's like crisscrossing riding shit on Derek's chest. Like, right. I mean, it's not really a party, but there was a party prior to it happening. College kids will find any reason to party. Him giving his his necklace to her, they were just like, That's reason, a reason for a party. All right, we're getting fucked up <laughs> right. tonight. We're going to like carve our initials into you. Right. Like, that's so fucked up. Makes sense. No, Dan thinks that was paint. I believe they were that actually was not carving blind. it into no. no, they were carving it. No. Pain. I remember when I first watched it, I thought it was blood, and then I was like, eh. No, unless knives, dude. Like they're like carving that shit on him. It's fucking weird. I don't think college students are that cruel, (laughs) right? Uh, did you meet Mickey? Have you met? Okay, well, maybe if it was a killer, but (laughs) unless unless I'll only believe it if you believe. Um, well, they they left him strung up there. They didn't bring him down after the party was done. They just left him up there. So, but Mickey was too busy in the cop car. But Mickey was stuff. part of the party. I'm talking about the fucking brothers. They literally left him up there. Yeah, they did. But I don't think that the brothers carved. Oh, no, we're talking about the wrong movie again. <laughs> I yeah, know, exactly. but no, no, that brings up a good point, though. I want to kind of get back to that for a second. Sorry, I love Scrum 2 so much. Um, No, like, so did Mickey just string him back up there? Or did they leave him up there? Because otherwise, how is that part of his master plan? Oh, yeah, no, he had it there, obviously. So you I, think Mickey was orchestrating that all? And he's uh, no, like, no, he no, gave no, his no. letters away, let's throw a party. No. See, <laughs> even more of a mastermind to why Mickey's amazing. Thank wow. you. Goodbye. Fucking wow. <laughs> more theories. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So uh, let's get into going to see John Milton. Okay. Um, they just found out about Rena Reynolds and they want to find out like Gail was going to give him a 50 and she's like, are you kidding me? This grant or Parker Posey's is like, it's worth two grand. Like you're just going to give Carrie Fisher your ring. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that leads them to John Milton because it's part of his heyday. And they go and ask him about her. And it's Roman's birthday. Apparently she goes, Roman, it's your birthday. Like we have to like throw in that throwaway line to make it to so that we have a party. <laughs> yeah, that's the point that I was getting at. I like that though when they all show up and he's already getting drunk and he's just like, "Fuck it, people are dying." But he's not. Do you think he was drunk? He was faking being drunk, right? Right. 
Well, it makes sense, but like he's really not drunk. And I think this is the major problem that I have with this movie is that like they all go separate ways, even though everybody at this fucking party knows they like they've seen the films. Everybody should know at this point in time that you should not go your fucking separate ways. Yes, but from the Cosby show even mentioned it. Oh my god, he is from the fucking oh. Cosby show. <laughs> oh, Holy fuck. Yeah, that's Bud. Wow. Uh, uh, my favorite That shit is whack. Did you know that my favorite line actually comes from this movie, Christian? No. Oh yeah. We uh, say it every day uh, at my, least 10 times a day. My not I uh, me, <laughs> I say it 20. Uh not until I told you it was my favorite. Go. Uh no, it's uh oh you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> See, okay, but there's a reason why I don't like that. And that is the main Sorry, I'm in fault I with this movie. Why what? why is that, Chris? Because one thing that I love about Scream and Scream 2 is it's a horror comedy. And when it wants to be funny during the light hard scenes, it is genuinely funny. But if you're trying to be serious and say it's a suspenseful death scene, that's when I feel like Scream Scream 2 really don't throw in many jokes in there. They take it as this is a scary movie moment. So that, oh, holy fucker, whatever he says, and a couple of the other little one-liners kind of get rid of some of the suspenseful. Yeah, I think it just takes away from the suspenseful chase scene murder aspect. Well, I think we were far gone from that from this point in period of time. So I'm okay with it. (laughs) <laughs> like this movie is ridiculous you have sarah darling like it, the whole thing getting skewered like a fucking pig yes like i mean it, it's not scary and she's like why am i showering i'm gonna like play with my jaw like it's yeah. ridiculous but that was my problem with the whole movie yes but just tone, I, I just so. i just love it um that's that line that's all and like i hate mm-hmm. death um, I was always yeah. very confused of whether Dewey shot her or if fucking Ghostface killed her. We see her like grunt as the knife seems to be going to her gut. Yeah, but the, but, 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 the, but but the thing is, so, he's shooting up. No, so he, he was shooting up. All right, he was shooting up. But however, so she was like at the end of the row. Otherwise, right. she would have kept running, right? And Dewey shot out all of the open glass on everything else. So why did we not see the killer run past? He was behind her on the other side. And he but, ran but out she the had other fell out. No, there was no other way out. Like, otherwise she would have kept going. Yeah. I don't know. He's ghost face. But do you understand what I'm saying, though? Like, that scene makes yeah. literally... Maybe he's able to blend in the dark. <laughs> all right. Um, I don't know. But no, I feel like she should have got a more gratifying death. I but mean, no, you're yeah. right. And also Dude, because Parker, sorry, but besides Parker Posey's such a comedian throughout this film, even when she was trying to be serious during her death scene, I couldn't take her that serious no. when she was done. <laughs> She's so that's so another part of this tone by yeah, having all these comedians it, in this. Yeah, it, it's You knew it's she was comedic. dead. You knew they oh, were yeah. all dead. All of them. But like... What I was trying to say is, like, there are moments that, like, you can't appreciate just because, like, obviously, you know that it is what it is. Right. 100%. And that's why I don't mind that. Oh, you motherfucker. That will. Because, like, you haven't seen anything of him. That in particular is when he's running and then the music kicks back in after you see him running down the stairs. Oh, you motherfucker. Like, I would say something like that. To myself, once I found out that the killer is still after me, for sure. Like, now, I thought you stabbed me and we were yeah, done. That, no, see, the <laughs> can't believe you just scream police over and over again. Doing <laughs> ghost face. Oh, gotta go after this dude. 
But the, the mansion to me represents what this movie represents, which is just like you guys said, like scream on fucking steroids, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, we set the scene and yes, it's been clunky all the way to this point, but now we're just going to throw the rest of these fucking people in and we're going to figure, this is going to be the final showdown. We're going to figure out. And this is. is supposed to be the definite end of, end of, ending of the trilogy. Yes. Uh, well, I never bought that it was like, it's only a trilogy on the third one. Like, that's how well, I. Well, after like, so 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005. Like, do you think Scream's coming back at this point? Uh, yeah, I always thought it would come back at some point. I did too. Yeah, for sure. But it was too good not to. Um, but I was just hoping for a good story. But which is why for the third one, it just left such a bad taste in my mouth and a lot of people's mouths for so long. It being the joke of the franchise. Being, they couldn't end on that note. They, you can't. It's and like Dexter. That is so important. It's now, like now that Scream 4 and Scream 5 exists, uh, Scream 3 has a different place in the world and in my heart. So, oh, I'm glad that you say that though. No, like, but here's the thing no, honestly, whilst we were watching this, this was the most enjoyable watch of them all, dude. We loved it, Christian. Man, mm. we watched it and it was new eyes. We, we, we take everything with a grain of salt, yes, and all the comedy stuff, but dude. The music, all the music cues, like a, a lot of the character stuff, it's all still very much there. Yes, it's watered down. Yes, it's padded up with a bunch of bullshit. But, but, and I don't want to allude to anything negative bang, bang, bang. about the next one. Bang, bang. But with the <laughs> next one, um, but the next one has a lot of that stuff, but in a very different way than the originals. Uh, with different music, with with just different different kind of um, ways of, go- of going about the characters in general, I feel like. So in a way, this is the last movie that we've seen so far to, even though it's very flimsy at times, embrace what what Scream really is, if that makes sense. Okay, so... So you mean like the last one with Sidney Gale and Dewey or like the true stars front and center of the film Sydney and Dewey. yeah well, yeah gail too well no like there's that moment like i mean gail's there but like she's so hated and three you're talking about no she's just hated in general like from part one to two to three like i, well, mean, I think she grew on audiences are, like no i, I, I think she grew in this one uh yet right but i and i feel like when she gets in the stretcher with dewey at the end of two is when you see her heart well, there's a there's a like bunch she's of not no. She has a bunch of moments in two where she shows her heart. You know, yeah. Two oh, is but... my favorite transition for her. I feel like three was three. like her reverting back to her old ways again. Then we have to do the whole oh, Dewey is sweet and all right. innocent. I wish I, I had that kind of heart. And so I it agree. felt like they were the repeating. The fame. I agree. No, I never thought about that. Yeah, she does kind of revert back, but in a lot of ways, I feel well, like. The franchise as a whole kind of reverse. It was 60 minutes too. Backwards. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, before we get into the climax, there is one more aspect that I would like to talk about, which is the love interest with uh, Detective Kincaid and Sydney. Like, is it a love interest? Is it a friendship? Like, what the fuck is it? 
I don't know, but he was over going to watch a movie at her house by the end. Right. Is it a double date? Yes. <laughs> that, that's a damn good question. I always wondered that as well. Like, what the fuck is Kincaid doing there? Uh, he did make it till the end, too. He was more of a red herring throughout the whole movie. Uh, Another cotton weird What's your favorite scary movie? My life. <laughs> I have to admit, that is a cringy ass line. Exactly. Yeah, let's talk about his sidekick. Yeah. He has the most cringy lines. I can't think oh, of Oh, the Ben Stiller wannabe? Yeah. What are you going to go oh buy a coffee? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like Buy some flowers. Like, shut up. The worst detective of the franchise doesn't actually get killed. Yeah. What? Yeah. See, That's that was, that was surprising <laughs> let, to me. Let's see him die. Patrick Warburton dies with this dude, doesn't? And he's annoying. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, yeah, you were making the movie called Stab. He was stabbed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he had some great lines, but yeah, he just wanted that fucker to die and he didn't. But he also had some terrible lines. I can't think of them at the moment, but I just remember they were so cringy. This is the part where you come with us. Yes, that. Yeah, that, that's I it. know. It's so bad. He's ridiculous. No, and, and <laughs> like, yeah, why did right, he not though. die? Nobody knows. And that's why that kind of thing, those kind of things in movies are really fucking irking to me like they just bother me it's like why have him in a movie called scream where the movie is all about the body count and obviously you know all the great things that screams about but like, you have that annoying character you have okay. to have those supporting characters that are there to die and then when they're there and they don't die yeah i, I i'll ask a couple questions but anyways <laughs> all right yeah no um do like, you think that he had a crush on her or do you think it was a romantic relationship like uh, Let's no. vote on this. No, I think it was more set up as a red herring more than anything. What about you, Kristen? I would say red herring first and foremost. Yep. But, if they knew that they were going to come back for another sequel, then I could see why people would think, oh, this is something that would, you know, come through in another movie. But I mean, this was planned to be the last one. And they right. probably would have dived deeper into that if they knew it was going to go in that sort of direction. I feel like they brought Kincaid in just to be the cotton weary of the next movie, meaning he's going to die in the opening. No, I don't know. That that makes that's a that's a valid point. But I also feel like why the fuck is he at Sydney's house? Right. Like yeah, exactly. He's just a detective on her case, and he's not telling her what and... the movie is. Tell her what the fucking movie is, Kincaid. Don't be a little bitch. Like stab and stab no. two double feature. But how does she right. not know? Like, people are obviously already at her house. Dewey's in the corner, fucking cutting pages out of a book like dewey what are you doing like we're just yes. watching him like i feel Cutting like the pages out of kind of look up propose all right well what do you want to watch and bro also i want to note that He's like, i want to watch face all right she has a security gate yes but any good anybody you could jump over that, that if you have oh, like, yeah. that's the stupidest thing ever right the stupidest thing ever in any of the movies period period yes. period like everybody talks about the open windows right but let's talk about the security gate yes. that you can hop over that has like a lot an alarm code. <laughs> right. The dog that looks like you wouldn't hurt a fly. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, somebody's theory was the dog is the killer in Scream 5. That's what I said. <laughs> oh my gosh. It'll be like in that one parody film. Wasn't it with like Sharon Doherty? Uh, took yeah. off a ghost face mask and was a monkey or something? Yeah, that, that's yeah. What, that was the Jane Silent Bob movie. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was uh, the chimp from J.S. Home Club. Which yeah, was Su filmed at the same time of uh, this movie. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, you could tell. Uh, that was I love at the end of Mallrats, they were like, but that's another story for another Yeah, story. yeah, yeah they, they said it up. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that they brought it back. All right, let's get into the final showdown at the mansion, though. Yes. All right, so you got 
Emily Mortimer. You got uh, what's his name? Uh, the Cosby. Uh, you got the, the uh, black guy yes. from not another. Oh, Tyson. Movie. That's his name. Tyson. That yes. shit is whack. Um, and then you got uh, obviously you got Roman. Roman. You have obviously Sid. Gail you got Dewey. Dewey. Gail. Mm-hmm. Who else? We missing anybody? I think uh, it's just Patrick the four Jones. that are alive, right? Yeah, yeah the guys smoking but, match. But, oh, besides Melton. Oh, and tied Jennifer up. Jolie. Oh, right, of course. Or Judy Jorgensen. Mm-hmm. Right, I like uh, that better. Yeah, yeah uh, listen, I, while it's somewhat contrived and it's over the top and it's extra, all right, this is what we get. I will say that watching this movie, I did feel a sense of what is going on what what is the mystery like it was intriguing regardless of what was going on around it i did find that leading up to the mystery um i was really curious now then when we start really getting into the plot obviously and this final mansion scene i mean really what we got some voice change and stuff there's just a lot of fucking nonsense going on uh uh you know she dies um a lot of the extra characters die and it whittles it down to them. I mean, that's pretty much it, right? Am I... Uh, the, yeah, I mean... He, he, uh, pull, he pulls the thing under... That's well, silly. I, I, I think the it's main, I think the main yeah. moment in this, uh, like, party yes. like, uh, What's was the when moment? Angelina says, I did not fuck that pig Milton right. to mm-hmm. die here with the rest of you. I, I believe that's a standout moment because yeah. that plays into the end of the film. Right, right. It really does. Hundred percent. And yes. I mean, and the film is nonstop until the reveal. It is. Yeah, and, and, and I like and, that and aspect. The fact I do. That you know, he's still doing it all these years later. Right. Uh, absolutely. You know, and th- that tells you what John Milton's character is really like. Hundred percent. So right. you don't feel bad like when he gets his final cut. Right. Yes. <laughs> I just wish there was more blood in his throat yes. slit. That's fine. What one other <laughs> silly ass moment I can think of is when um they're at the top and bottom of the stairs and Ghostface throws a knife at Dewey, fucking hits him in the head. Just loony it's so shit. comical. It's so stupid. Like yeah, it's, it's embarrassing. It's like, all right, what are we doing here, guys? Like, is this literally like a cartoon at this point? So there's a lot of shenanigans that happen, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, but at the end of the day, yeah, it's uh, oh, I'm, I hated Patrick Dempsey like when he shows up. Yeah, and he has that look on his face when he's holding the gun, like it's so weird. Like the look on his face, like when right. you know he's pointing it at Sydney. Yes, and then he backs away. But, right, but the look on his face prior to that is so fucking weird. I think yeah. he was supposed to be a second killer. Yeah, well, they yeah they had several different scripts. Um. Yeah. Now, with with the final showdown, obviously we know it's Roman. There is a scene where Roman is seen going downstairs, and then the next time we see him, he's dead in a, what is it, prop movie coffin type thing. What do you guys think of that scene? Any thoughts on it? Well, Uh, I know you have thoughts. I would have accepted it a lot more if Gail didn't check his pulse. Correct. If they, if they just left it there, yes. we're like, oh, look, there's a body, then I would have been okay with it a lot and, more. And but dude, no. But who is Gail to check anybody's pulse, to be honest? She, that, she's a journalist. That is true. But <laughs> And I told but, Dan, you could put like a pillow under your arm or something, or like a ball, and it will stop like your heartbeat from being shown. 
Oh my God. You just did what every other motherfucker on the internet does as well. Everybody come up with a reason. Oh, you can do this. You well, can do that. Can. And, mean, and you get, know can what? Get anybody's voice. I agree, though. I agree with all of that. It's not that I disagree with that. I just think that Scream, as a franchise, can do better than tricking us, misleading us to think I somebody's agree. dead like that. I think it's yeah. a cheap trick. I think that when you stab Billy and you find out that it's just a, a blood packet full of, full of fucking corn syrup, that, that is believable. With something <laughs> like this, I, I agree with you. Gail Weathers, <laughs> Gail Weathers. <laughs> uh, Reporting. I don't think that, yeah, I, I don't think she's the most credible source in terms of checking my pulse, but at the same time, why go out of the way to show us that? And, but at the but same why time, would she too. Even check his pulse? But at the right. And like, when have you ever seen yeah. anybody in this franchise? Exactly. Pulse? And on well, number four, but we're not getting there yet. <laughs> right. But on top of that, though, it's like you think of, well, Rarely ever do we see off-screen kills as well. So there were those two that's, different. I think this is why I hate off-screen kills. That's why. That's probably you why. Think that's, like, you think I'm peaching? Mm-hmm. No, from this movie. it's. It, I don't. <laughs> ap- I don't appreciate it because it insults us as viewers. It's yes. saying. Yes. It's saying we showed you. No, we straight up lied to you. Like I don't like that. Like yeah. with Billy, it was different, and and it's just. I well, don't he know. just gets cut. You don't know he's actually dead. Correct. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. There's something about that where it's insulting us true fans. And to me, it represents the open armness to all the other fans that are just fucking, oh, I like Friday the 13th. Is that what a guy with knives on his fingers? Just all the idiots out there that are fucking, you know the type. The fucking oh, pink where, sweatshirt. Where did son John go? Exactly. Those motherfuckers. <laughs> I feel like this movie was made for them. I feel like it brought a lot of Scream fans in. But I got to tell you, it's not necessarily Scream fans but that we it, all want. But it's still congruent with the original timeline. Even more so. All right. Well, yes. We'll, we're going to get into that. And, and yeah. that. And that is what I feel like is the saving grace of, of this movie. You believe so? Oh, so, so do you like the motive? Oh, I think it's fucking amazing. Yeah? I I cannot speak highly enough about this. Upon first watch, though, did you like it? Uh, I thought it was okay. I was more blinded by all the other bullshit. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I was, I like having it ruined for me, like it's their brother. I was, right. Like, I didn't pay attention to anything he was saying. Right. Like, and I don't think I did until like this last rewatch. Right. Fully understand like his pain, I guess. Yes. Now, Christian, what did you think about the killer reveal at the end? In terms of the unveiling of the mask, again, I felt a little cheated. Because, like I said, like I understand if I just saw Roman's body, I would have been like, okay, I kind of get this. But for me, Gail checking the pulse, I think was kind of a slap to the face. Right. Um, so in terms of the reveal and like the whole climactic moment of just seeing whoever this person was, that was a bit of a letdown. Um, in terms of the motive, I used to be just so confused, but I mean, I was young. I was like, I don't really understand what's all going on here. But over time, I do think 
it's not my favorite motive <laughs> in terms of this whole franchise. Um, but I think it makes a little bit more sense. Uh, I'm trying not to talk about four because I think there are certain elements of this in terms of like jealousy towards Sydney that I think I keep like comparing. <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, <laughs> because for me, Scream 1 and 2, the main uh, motive overall involves revenge, while 3 and 4 involves jealousy. But I think that's right. the fun part of the right. end when she's like, I've heard this shit before. Like, she's yeah. sick of she it. She did. Now. She did. Like, she literally does that in this. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it just adds to the whole exaggerated aspects of this film. It does keep in tone in, with this in terms of this whole plot of I was the illegitimate child trying to find the mom. Um, it, it's we're far gone from the simplicity, I guess you could say, of the first two. And but, so it does. But when it, Roman reveals himself, like there's such like a sinister. You know, I, you know, actually, like when all the killers are revealed in this, they're such like they're so lighthearted. So I think that's definitely something I'm going to be watching out for in this new film. Like they're all so lighthearted up until their killer reveal, you know? So that's definitely something I'm going to be looking for in this new one. But in this one specifically, like he was so lighthearted, like you sympathize with him. Like he had his like video music award thing. He was like, are you telling me this isn't a sign? <laughs> it's great. And he is a director. He directs and brother. Um, and I'm, like, the problem that I have with him as a killer, honestly, is that he didn't sympathize with his mother at all. Um, he says she got fucked four ways from Sunday. Mm-hmm. And he could not understand why she gave him up. You know, like, yes. I, like if I had been given up, I would understand that. And, like, you're clearly, you clearly, you that. clearly made something of yourself, though. Right. And, right, right. like, had you been, like, in poverty for, like, your entire life and, like, mm-hmm. were a nobody, like, that would make more sense to me. Right. But, like, clearly, like, you're, you've won music awards. Like, you've won, <laughs> like, you know, like, so it doesn't make sense. That well, that's why I agree with Sydney. Like, I've heard this kind of shit before, but you're the reason, like, it's your yeah. choice. You're killing people. Like, no, like, <laughs> and he just been like a loser that, like, lived in a trailer park like Bobby in mm-hmm. a scary movie. It would, <laughs> yeah. it, would, it would make fucking sense. But I think that's my issue. He comes across as just very, very whiny. But, like, obviously, right. like, Roman is respected. And, like, clearly he inserted himself into making Stab 3 as the mm-hmm. director, you know, um, it just really doesn't make sense to like why he hates his mother so much. Because aside from the fact that she gave him up and had a good life, but like clearly you're a prominent director, so your motive really doesn't make that much that fucking wasn't sense. It, though. Yeah, that wasn't it that she just gave him up? It was the fact that, that she slammed the door on it. That's fucked up. It is fucked what up. What do you mean? That's like, years do you want to be remembered? Being, that's years like, later. Like, though. Do you want to like have somebody like look you in the face and like, hey, I was raped, and that's how you were consumed? No, no, no. But I think that there's a conversation to be had that doesn't have to go down like that. No, she shouldn't have shut the door in his face. I 100% agree. But Marie was a whore. (laughs) (laughs) I think we could all agree on that. Yeah. I I remember like talking to the Slumberta girls and they're like, we're not going to slut shame Marie. Actually, we are. And we still are. (laughs) She's no Sharon Stone, people. (laughs) Let's face it. 
Uh, no, and, and listen, okay, that whole motive though. She's a homewrecker. The Scott Foley's acting the way he's fucking. I love his flip of the switch. I do like his performance. Fucking great, dude. It's great. Like I believe him more than anybody else. And and when that reveal happens, it is very much so a scream chase, a scream reveal. Um, a scream ending in a lot of ways. I just literally got like a flashback to the first time Billy was revealed. Yeah. At your slut mother was fucking my father. I yeah, literally yeah. just got that first moment. I'm like, oh, you poor boy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No, she definitely fucked up some shit. Uh, and I know we're going to be getting into our screen theories later, but one of mine is Maureen will be back in this new movie. That's right. Okay. Well, sure. Uh, (laughs) What did you think about him masterminding Billy? All right. So we talked about this because there were some things that I never really put together about this. Now, Until this last watch. This is obviously, as Randy says, it's all about the past. Going back to something, uh, you know, at the original that you didn't know from the job. And one of his rules actually does play into perspective. Right. So with this... uh, he was basically, he found his mother, she slammed the door in his face, and him being the director that he is, he basically uh, showed Billy some tapes of, <laughs> of his dad. You good didn't old, like his daddy in my home movies. <laughs> good old fucking Hank. I love how like they how got creepy Hank is it that he's like videoing his mom like having affairs with like multiple men though? Right. Like that's so fucking weird. Yes. <laughs> like, um, and, and I love how they brought Hank back to this movie. Yes, like where he's just like hanging off of like a Motel 6. Like, like he just got his dick sucked by Maureen. And, oh uh, my God. Wow. <laughs> all right. I mean, we all get it, baby. But like, did you actually have to say it? Like just fucking. He just got his dick sucked by Maureen. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and he's, he's just like, oh. Well, he's waiting to like. He's like, I gotta go home to that he, crazy fucking bitch. <laughs> I don't know. He didn't look satisfied to me. I would love yeah. to see. I would love to see a scene like a prequel fucking scene of just the Loomis house with Billy with it's his like, crazy I'm ass fucking mother John Bender. and then Hank. Yeah, exactly. From like club. Right. I got smoke him up, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you get when you spill paint in the garage, like. Who has paint in their garage? <laughs> like just spilling. Like, why does the paint can not have a lid? Sorry, that spark was slow. Anyways, wow. <laughs> but- no, uh, okay. So the the end reveal to me though is um, it's much better upon multiple viewings. Yes, and and you know what? I I dig it. I think mm-hmm. it keeps with the scream motif if you will oh i like that word mm-hmm. you just can you just like say that the next time we're in bed like can i give you my motif yeah fuck yeah all right that's a chasey thing well <laughs> uh, apparently now it's an everybody thing <laughs> no. anybody that listens to our screen three show i'm gonna uh, give you my motif i'm just here guys i'm just here <laughs> i get insanely attracted to him i apologize i'm not sorry for anything uh, so no, I think it's I think it's fantastic. I think keeping it all in the family is what Scream does now. Right, and then you just it. no, that's what it is. <laughs> it's a, that's what the motif is. 
It's all, and like Christian said. All right, stop saying motif now just because I said you were attractive for saying it the first time. He's done it twice now. Mm. He thinks it's going to get him late later. Comedy works in threes. Moss Eisley Cantina. No, uh, one of the things that we (laughs) picked up on uh, on this watch that I pointed out to Dan was for some reason, it took, like, I feel like they were like trying to take away from Scream, like the original, right? Mm-hmm. And like they're trying to go back. And yes. And the fact is, I, I didn't actually pick up on what he was saying. And I mentioned that earlier. And what he said was he only orchestrated, like if you have to like literally break it down, he only orchestrated the Marine killing. Right. He that's very he, important. And he even says he says, I had no idea they were gonna make a movie of their own. Yes. So anything that transpired after Marine was not Roman's doing. It might have been inspired by Roman, but it what he what like I always thought that like he was there, Casey for everything, everything for everything. Yes. But it's very yeah, important no. that you note that I'm an he, idiot and I don't pay attention to things. Same, same, same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, right. no, and I literally always thought, like, it was just retconning everything that had happened. Totally, and but it he doesn't. was orchestrating everything. It doesn't. Right, that was me upon initial viewings, and now I'm like, oh, wait. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, it's exactly. that very important moment where he said, I had no idea they were going to make a movie of their own. Yep. Which is the Casey Becker killing and on. Uh, everything. So mm-hmm. the only thing that he had orchestrated was Marine, which makes me more appreciative of him as a killer. I told, I couldn't agree more baby i couldn't agree more he orchestrated but he was the one who killed her right like, physically yeah. killed her right it was still billy so it made me right. happy <laughs> exactly and everything but that's but that's the only thing that he had orchestrated yeah. was the marine killing mm-hmm. and, then, and billy out. never mentioned how he knew about the affair so it's not like it even retcons anything that billy said no, either. It, no. it really didn't yeah. no. and, and that's why we appreciated roman so much more on this last watch i agree like that, that's, that. I think that's an important thing to note because I think a lot of people think the way that we do, like watching these things, they're like, oh, well, they're just right kind of everything, making Roman the mastermind of everything. Well, no, he literally just, and he actually says it, you yep. know? Yep. And I love that he brings out like his dad. Oh, uh, how they bring <laughs> yeah. the ice pick as well. Oh, yeah, that was an ice that pick. That was an ice pick, not the same mm. thing. Stab three, right? Uh, and I, I also love in that exchange, uh, lose something, found something. And uh, apparently we think alike. That, the, the bulletproof vest, yeah. Like, no. That and, was cool. No, that last <laughs> scene, like, take away the rest of the movie. I can just watch that scene. That's what I'm saying. That's and, what I mean. The whole movie's right there. Yeah, it's right like, there. the most important elements. Like, I love this. Like, we have to have her in the studio. I love that. Because... You know, it, it's so weird, and we'll get she into her dynamic three, even right? more into part four. But, like, as I mentioned in part two, she does not like publicity. She does not like media. She doesn't like to be the star. Right. But, yeah, mm-hmm. she's kind of fucking does. Like, she, like, I can't go into it because apparently part four doesn't exist right now. But. <laughs> it's your yeah. rule. <laughs> 
I know. I want to get into it, but I can't. No, I think somebody like her, though, um, you know, with her book, there, there's a certain type of fame that you want associated with that. And she's probably trying, like, out of darkness. That is her perspective. Out of darkness into light. Exactly. <laughs> and and the whole movie is probably, as it feels to her, more ex- exploitative and just kind of, you know, it's a movie, you know, like I get that. I, I get her perspective because knowing Sid before everything happened. Well, she even, was Tiger Lily. Never mind. She wasn't know <laughs> that yet. <laughs> we don't know that fucking Judy Hicks was a lost boy. But Judy Hergensen or Jurgensen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, listen, I, I, I think that taking it out of Woodsboro, though, in retrospect, that's actually kind of good. Um, I think the movie it just follows her wherever she goes the movie's very fucking silly but the reveal the killer Scott Foley his acting is so fantastic that end scene is fucking great and the fact that he has visualies yes like or visual aids is that what they call them visualies visual aids visual aids what is it called Christian visual you're a teacher aids. visual aids visual aids yes right, yeah that that, to, the fact that he has that to like show her, he has a slide like that's show. amazing. <laughs> he did, yes, he had a fucking slide. Like show that's amazing, mom. right? And I love when he introduces himself. He says Roman Bridger, brother and director, or is it director and brother? Like director, because he does the and brother with the voice changer. Yes, like I love it. Yep. I love it. I really do. I really mm. do. It's funny, it. no, you just said the logistics of it and, and how, yeah, he says brother after that and stuff. And it's funny how each reveal is very different. Um, I really dug this reveal though as well. You I know? didn't at the time. No. Oh, like same. I did not appreciate it at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, upon more rewatches and coming to the realization that he had nothing to do with Casey Becker. Right. I appreciate him more. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like it took yes. It took twenty years for me to appreciate. That. And that I'm not wasn't even the movie's fault. That's ours for just yeah, being being trying dumb. to like, be haters. But it, no, I think everybody did that though. Yeah, a lot. There was that common misconception where people would would just think that, and you're right, that wasn't a thing at all. So yeah, you know, over the years, my my perception slowly changes and i don't think it changes for a lot of it because it's always going to be silly to me but i feel like it does have its place in a sense i feel like this this represents the height of of its popularity the height of the scream craze y2k and you know what i'm kind of glad that it was 10 years for the next one that to be made because mm-hmm. are you even glad or glad is that a word yes that more glad more glad okay <laughs> you english teacher um that the new one gives you even more perspective correct and i think it, it all ties in together i think that the time perfectly i think to have a franchise go into its fifth installment to have the same characters to to switch directors because wes craven i mean obviously rest in peace like to continue his legacy with such respect, I think there's so much to be said about these movies that those are the things that have to be carried on. You know, you can't just say, oh, it's Scream, it's Ghostface. Yo, you can say that about Scream fucking season three. It's not the same thing, dude. We're not talking about the same thing. It's not the same medium. 
it's it's different. There's there's a connectivity. And the fact that he didn't even want to sign on to begin with, and these movies would not be what they were for the original. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At that point, he wanted to get away from that shit. He was done. With he it. was doing sound of fucking music. <laughs> he embraced it though. <laughs> I, I think that's when Wes Craven truly started. And I embracing. think that Campbell did as well. Dude, that motherfucker reinvented himself so many times though. Mm-hmm. Wes Craven is the such last a house fucking on the left. Oh, I watched Last House on the Left for the first time this summer. Oh, the my original. God. How was that? <laughs> it was so good. It was <laughs> right. so good. I loved it. <laughs> Watch, like, the updated remake. Like, people don't appreciate the classics. They don't. Like, Last House on the Left, the OG. Like, 1972. Just think about mm-hmm. that shit. No, that scene when he's fucking shooting her in the water. Yeah, she just... bites his dick off. That doesn't happen. In the... Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, she literally bit his dick off. And he puts his head in the microwave in the remake, though. The remake's awesome. It's good. Uh, no, I don't. Remake. I haven't watched it yet. It's good. I oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't mind the remake, but it, it's not gritty. It's not. It's like, not the same movie it's, at all. It's very Hollywood. 100%. Um, but this same. is Wes Craven doing what he does. And I love it. And. You complained about the cops in that. Oh, it's ridiculous. But, like, complain about the cops in all of his films. I will. Yes, the one staring at Nancy, busting through her window, screaming out. He's like, maybe I should go get her dad. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All right, guys. Exactly. That's John Saxon and his whole crew. All right. Um, I think we should rate this motherfucker. Yeah, oh, you motherfuckers. Sure. You motherfuckers. <laughs> All right. How many video music awards oh, wow. <laughs> do you give this film, Christian? <laughs> All right. Before I get yelled at here, <laughs> let me let me explain how if I do things. this is a five, I'm going to punch you in the fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I do things, okay? <laughs> I, I apologize Mom, dad, family, friends. I'm going to use the word fucking a lot in the next minute. Dude. Yeah. So for <laughs> me, for instance, a 4.5 means I love it. Uh-huh. Th- that's what that means. A five means I fucking love it. There's a difference there. Yeah. And so sc- scream, I fucking love. Scream two, I love it. I just love it, but I don't fucking love it. So I do say I love scream two. And same thing. Like a 3.5 means I really like it. And at four means I really fucking like it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. What does a three mean? A 3.5 means I really like it. All right. What does a three mean? A three means I fucking like it. <laughs> but I don't really like it. But like you're, emph- <laughs> but you're like emphasizing the fucking. Yes. The fucking makes it a step higher. That's what okay. it is. Right. A, two point, a 2.5 is I like it. Like it's right there in the middle. I just like it. And a three is, I fucking like it. All right, so what's a two? A two, it kind of goes backwards. So then at that point, right? I'm trying to think. Because um, I mostly have been rating some of my favorite films to determine where they are. I haven't really, I haven't gone through too many of the twos yet. But it would be something <laughs> like, a two would be, I didn't like it. But then at that point, it will switch to a 1.5 is, um, I didn't fucking like it. <laughs> all right so all right so remind me so here we go so now you kind of get the gist a 3.5 is fucking like it and no a, three, a 3.5 is i really like it that makes zero sense uh, if, uh, no i fucking like it then i really like it then i really fucking like it 
is a four. Oh, okay. Well, you have to emphasize the fucking in the three point five then. Yes. If there's, yeah. Okay. If there's, I have to emphasize the fucking when I give something a five. So a scream three. Here we go. Yes. So, um, I don't think it's as good as the first two. So you can relax a little bit, Lacey. I'm <laughs> uh, I think it's more the tone that gets me. I love when there's a suspenseful, scary scene that makes this a true horror film. Um, and then I like little bits of lighthearted comedy there. Well, I think this one tried to blend them in similar scenes. And it was hard for me to decide whether I'm supposed to be laughing at it or on the edge of my seat. Um, I, I, I appreciate the reveal more now than I used to. It's still personally my least favorite of the films, but I do appreciate it. And I understand it a lot more now. Yeah. Um, and seeing some of the nostalgia aspects of um so a lot of the things I do like about this one has to do with my love of the first two. And so I feel like that goes into account. So for a film like this on its own, that would have been a three, the history with the other two is going to give this a 3.5 for me, which is, I really like it. All right. 3.5. Christian Craig. Lacey Wu. You oh, are up. I'm up. You up, baby. Um, if you had asked me like 10 years ago, this would have been like a 1.5. Wow, really? Wow. Like, I literally fucking hated this movie. Like, I didn't understand its plays. I didn't understand anything. I'm telling you, this last watch was very revealing. And uh, because I, I felt like they were trying to retcon something that I loved so much. Right. And like, I, I, I don't think like I paid enough attention. I don't think I gave it its due. And you know, even when I did this for another podcast a couple of years back, like, I don't even think I was given it its due. I was just like, I just kind of fucking hate this movie. So I just kind of threw it on. When I did that, I wasn't even conscious. That's true. And so, um, you know, I, I, I feel like I have a, a much better understanding of what they were going for. And also, you know, listening to the commentary of the making of the film um and the time era that it came out like it's not a scary film like i don't feel like you know i i think even with the new one coming out i still think this is probably going to come in last place but i don't think roman is the last place killer i agree um there are much worse in my opinion there's a lot of culkins out there that'll take <laughs> that little i think we're all going to be in agreement on that one just saying um, uh, yes. no he's no like i he's definitely not the worst like i no. would even rank uh roman above mrs loomis would you i would i okay. would um I, at this current stature like i have to like once the new one comes out I, i'll rank them as a whole right but um at this current moment yes he's higher and i appreciate it and i appreciated actually paying attention and listening to what the fuck he said because i think like a lot of times when the killers get revealed like you don't pay attention to like what they're fucking saying and just like oh you're in such shock that that's the killer it's hard to fall and everything. yeah and i think I don't, I don't know why i never listened past it because i just hated the movie and like it was spoiled and but i appreciate it so much more on a different level i just wish that like the intensity of that last scene had been throughout the entire film when they're holding hands yes like it's it's such a sweet moment like, come on but like 
it just doesn't have the intensity through. Um, I'm not as big of a hater. Um, I will actually go from a 1.5 to a three. A three. A three. I will give it a three because it has a lot of enjoyable elements. Like it, it brought back Randy. Like it does do uh, the definitive roles for a trilogy. Um, it does have like really fun moments like Carrie Fisher, you know, um, Jay's album. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> like and, and, yeah. and honestly, yeah, it's I, probably my least favorite part too. I, I did appreciate how the recasting played a factor into, you know, horror cinema history. Right. And I just, right. I, I just really like the more that I'm older, I appreciate it. So yeah, yeah it's a three. It, I can't go higher than that though. Right on, right on. Um, yeah, I think as a fan, it's very important to be aware of not only when things come out, but the climate that it comes out in, you know? I feel like it's it's a snapshot in time for each of these movies. Yeah. For me, it was one of my less favorable ones, but that that has to be taken with a grain of salt. And when I say that, I mean, just because this was more of like a, you know, horror comedy and not so much like the first two or whatever, it does have its place. I do love the killer reveal. I think it's fucking fantastic. I think it's one of the best. Um, I think it's got some great moments within that. Uh, I think there's a lot of salvageable moments that that can be taken out of this movie as a whole i think it will always be my least favorite but that's not without giving it its merit i i feel like even though i don't agree with with what happened with with the screen the the screen three thing and just the whole wave of movies like this around its time and and really, over time, it's gotten such a bad rap. It's like, I, I never... Well, do you think we were the cause of the bad rap? Who? Like, fans like us. Like, we just hated it? No. No, no, no. Um, I'm just saying that time period, a lot of people hate on uh, whodunit slashers. Like, it was... There was a resurgence of it, but I think people get caught up in the slasher element of it. Like the killing, oh, like the different kills in this. And for us, it's always been, well, yeah, but it's a whodunit, like it's a mystery. And that's just a completely different thing. So in terms of that kind of storytelling, I think that while Scream 3 is extra, it Scream as a series has always been reflective of its times. And whether my personal preference reflects that or not, this is very indicative of the times um, through and through. And again, I love Jay and Silent Bob. Do I want to see him in my screen movie? Absolutely not. Uh, there are a lot of things about this movie. That, <laughs> Did that, you just say absolutely Absolutely not. not. Like, I love them. You know I love them. Like, I, we were row fucking three like you know sitting there drooling over kevin smith like I no love you it. were we were you couldn't even get up and go ask him a question i i, I chickened out he did <laughs> i got Which scared is not wow 
I like, know. You know. Like this is obviously like somebody that like you respect and idolize. I know. And usually you're the type of person like, hey, I'll go ask him a question. I have. But so- like you fucking froze. I was in. I was like a little kid. I I, I reverted back to a little child. I had. <laughs> I had one of the best nights of my life there. No, but that's what these filmmakers are, though, to me. And that's what Scream as a franchise is, what Wes Craven's done. And, you know, I can watch all of his movies and some of them are not my favorites or whatever, but they still have a place in my heart. And in terms of where Scream 3 ranks, um, it ranks over a lot of movies, I mean, a lot of movies that I like, you know, there's just mm-hmm. something about mm-hmm. this franchise, no matter how much I dislike a particular entry that doesn't take away from my love of it as a whole. So I'm going to wrap this up and, and, and tighten this up here and say, ah. I will fall on. Ah, I'm right in between both of you guys. I teeter between a three, a 3.5, depending on the day. And how I'm feeling, I would have to say though, right now, I'm at a three. Um, I, I don't think that the beginning delivers. I think that the comedy is just too heavy-handed. It's not necessarily what I want in my uh, screen movie. But the stuff that we did talk about, the killer reveal, that whole end scene with the killer, just the whole family relation mm-hmm. thing. And it's got that heart. Like Wes Craven, and even with the Dewey and uh, Gail thing at the end, when he's like, I'm so scared right now. Like, <laughs> it's a scream moment, dude, through and through. It's cheesy, yes. That's where the gate opens, and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Everybody does an eye roll. But at the same time, it's corny, it's cheesy, but that's what scream is. It's it's a mix between that and and brutal ghost face kills and that's what i love about it so three is where i land what what, what were we rating three what what was i doing baby three uh video oh video <laughs> yeah i'd give it three broken awards uh it was definitely still when mtv was still a thing it was that's when MTV what was, if i remember they were uh debuting was, the trailer what if all the time. ever on trl's top 10 Probably. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> what, Christian? You weren't even alive. With I wasn't. <laughs> you, well, you were alive, but like, I don't even think you were in the generation where TRL existed. Oh, and we talked yeah. to um to what's his name, Richard? He Richard Bates Jr. about this soundtrack because he mentioned it in one of his movies. Oh, he did. He's a fantastic director. He said uh, Christian Craig, uh, search out this director. Uh, uh, Richard Bates Jr., Excision, Trash Fire. Oh, amazing. Um, which... Suburban Gothic is what I'm looking oh, at here. No. Okay. He's amazing. And we were talking about the Screen 3 soundtrack. And uh, yeah, he mentioned uh, Slipknot. I know Seven Dust is on. This is an amazing soundtrack. Not necessarily indicative of the movie. Oh, and let's not forget, scream, scream! I hear him coming. I see him coming, Master P himself. Uh, this fucking soundtrack is so extra and is so amazing that I remember when I got it. I I think I probably enjoyed this soundtrack the most out of all of them. So there's that to be said about this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it goes to show, like, think about the worst movies in so many franchises are, like, absolute shit. And thinking of Scream 3, I'm like, that's still leagues above the worst movie in so many, if not all of the franchises I've seen. So that shows how strong this franchise still is as a whole. Well said. Very well said. I mean, like... That's what it comes down to. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, other, like, movie trilogies. Like, obviously, I think of... Like the big hitters, but then you have to think of like the ones that like fell apart at three. But what they all do Scream three versus Halloween five. Go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And no, let's face it. The only your mother was now Sharon Stone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Those franchises, though, they're so different because you're dealing with supernatural beings and. More importantly, other than fucking Nancy and Laurie Strode, but I don't even think that Laurie Strode counts because of the new timeline. Well, Nancy technically doesn't either now because they rebooted her as well. But this is the only franchise, and this was in the it's 90s. It's the only. The only one that is still consistent. And, and the only one that's grounded in reality. Correct. Exactly. Yes. Same characters. This isn't a different fucking time. Because line. now with Halloween Kills, they even make it like he's a supernatural being. Yeah. yeah. Like they're alluding to that in this. Right. Yeah. Make yeah. up your mind. What do you want him to be? Exactly. So Michael Myers is having an identity crisis. I, I, I think, I think <laughs> though, with these movies, I think that the awareness um, and the writing is always very sharp, very witty, very meta, very self referential, and just. I think it all really does move the genre forward. And I think that you have to, you have to write like that. You have to react to things like that. And it's the only way that it's going to keep things fresh. And I think Scream has always more than anything been a leader for that. If all the sequels will show you, it's always been one of the innovators to, to, to reinvent itself one way or another, you know, swinging for the fences hit or miss, regardless, you know? And we'll get into some of those misses and hits in Scream 4 when we get to that as well. But uh, Christian Craig, I want to thank you again, man. I got to say, doing all these shows, it's it's not only fun, but, like, listening to your perspective is, like, truly a delight. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Like I said, it's great to just have people who know these movies as much as me, if not more, because you've had more years of experience binge watching these over <laughs> and over again <laughs> than I have. Um, and so it's just great. And I love it too, because then I get to tell my friends, I'm like, see, there are other people too. It's not just me. Screams a whole phenomenon. It's and that's why I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I'm excited to go see the movie, the new one, multiple times this weekend with various friend groups. And I'm just so happy to be here. And Christian Craig will be back for Scream 4. Yes. New decade, new rules. Oh, shit. I'm excited about that one. Thank you again, It's going to be something to die for. It, oh, <laughs> wow. I'm going to eat some lemon squares. <laughs> but they taste like ass. That's why I like them. Exactly. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you on the next show. Adios. Bye. What's the matter? What are you staring at? Don't you remember your mother?
It's time you came to terms with me and with Mother. Maybe you never knew her at all, Sydney. Maybe you just can't get past the surface of things. Who the hell are you? The other half of you. I searched for a mother, too. An actress named Rena Reynolds. Tried to find her my whole life. And four years ago, I actually dragged her down. Knocked at her door, thinking she'd welcome me with open arms. But she had a new life and a new name. Maureen Prescott. You were the only child she claimed, Sydney. She shut me out in the cold forever. Her own son. She said I was Rena's child and Rena was dead. And it struck me. What a good idea. So I watched her. I made a little home movie, a little, little family film. Seems Maureen, Mom, she really got around. I mean, cotton was one thing. Everybody knew about that. But Billy's father, that was the key. Your boyfriend didn't like seeing his daddy in my film too much. He didn't like it at all. Once I supplied the motivation, all the kid needed was a few pointers. Have a partner to sell out in case you get caught, find someone to frame. It was like he was making a movie. You. This is all because of you. A director, Sid. I direct. I had no idea that they were going to make a film of their own. Introducing Sydney the victim. Sydney the survivor. Sydney the star! Yeah. Hello. Scary night, isn't it? Looks like right out of a horror hey, movie or something. Who is this?
what do we have here? Hey, we're not finished yet. 